Welcome back to another episode of the Lukewarm Cinema Podcast. My name is Austin. And I'm Chris. And today we actually have a, a really great treat for you guys. We have two guests with us. If uh, you guys would like to go ahead and introduce yourselves and what you do. Hello, my name is Francisco Marujo and I'm a special effects makeup artist. I also do film work, including uh, assistant directing and producing. Hi, my name's uh, Austin Matthews. I also do special effects makeup um, and I am a cinematographer. Very nice, very nice. Well, we want to thank you guys for coming onto the show uh, at such, you know, abrupt notice. Uh, once again, for people who are listening, George is still out of town because he doesn't love us. So we'll uh, we'll go ahead and do this episode without him. So just to kind of a brief start. So how did you guys get started in in the industry? Uh, so our start was was really random. Now yeah. that I think about it, um, so I'm obsessed with Star Wars. I always have been, and um. I wanted to make a like my own armor. So I figured out how to do it. I made my own armor. And in the process, I picked up sculpting. And then I was like, hey, you know what? I really love special effects makeup. I love masks. I love all that stuff. So let me try and figure that out. And at the same time, I told Austin what I was doing. I was like, yo, we should do this. This is pretty cool. And he was like, yeah, let's do this. Yeah. So we just picked it up and that's honestly how we got our start yeah i honestly wasn't even really interested in special effects i was just focused on um going to film school or doing film at, in college uh and then we actually got back into contact i don't think we talked for like years like a, no it like was a, longer than that i think it was like two it was high school yeah and then uh hit him up we hung out and then he told me about what he was doing and i was really interested in it because those were the kind of films i wanted to make mm. so we just started hanging out and kind of doing it Okay, so just just for a little background for, for everybody here, what, what kind of films have you guys done? I mean, we're not expecting, you know, oh, yeah, I did Titanic, even though we're yeah. probably all too young to have worked on Titanic. <laughs> um, so the majority of our work is is all short films through uh, students at UNLV. Which, independent short yeah, films. Yeah, independent yeah. short films, which I, I, I feel like that's more of our favorite stuff to do just because we have a lot more freedom to work on it. Uh, but we have worked on one one semi-major no not not it's major. still it's, an independent film yeah, but it had a little bit bigger of a budget right right it's a, f a feature length film yeah it's on amazon it's called alien domicile we we worked on the uh the creature suit for that yeah very nice very nice okay so uh franny uh just gonna go ahead and call you franny from now on because we obviously know each other but uh so going back to you making armor so so what was that process like you know um how did you go from because it's not like you have any formal training doing it. I remember right. coming into your garage and you're like, "Look, I made like armor, stormtrooper armor. Look at me!" <laughs> or I think it was, I think it was, it was Mandalorian just, yeah, armor. It was Mandalorian before armor. the show, before it was cool. Just saying. Yeah, by man <laughs> of the curve, yeah, yeah, yeah. What kind of material were you using for that, though? All right. So what I did was I found templates online. I printed them out, right, and then I trans transferred that to cardboard, and then I cut them out in cardboard. And then I shaped them to my body. And once I got that figured out, I, uh, I fiberglassed them. And that took me so long. Like I had to learn fiberglassing and a whole bunch of different stuff. That's cool. I've seen some people doing some stuff like that. Uh, I have a buddy named Aaron. He mm -hmm. likes, he tries to do Mandalorian armor. Mm -hmm. um, so fiberglass, does that like, is that something that costs a lot to like go through or? fiberglass 
Like, where do you, where do you buy fiberglass? <laughs> are, you, are you on a government watch list now because you bought it? <laughs> no, not at all. Did, did you, are you buying quarter-inch pipe sections? What are you building? <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, it's actually really cheap. I mean, at the time, the reason why I did it out of fiberglass versus and building it myself was because I was straight out of high school. I was broke. I had no other means. Didn't really even know materials. No, I I didn't. Mixing. My, yeah, no, yeah. nothing at all. Like like I I. I didn't even know like the companies we buy stuff from now. I didn't even know they existed. Right, right. I yeah. had no idea. I, uh, I mean, my dad worked in uh, an auto body at a at a a trash company, so he knew like like fiberglass work and all that stuff. So I asked him and he guided, he guided me a little bit. Uh, but I already was so far into the project that everything he told me just was like, okay, dad, I already know that. But <laughs> where were you, you know, six months ago? And I first <laughs> right, to know this. Right. Right. I mean, he, he gave me some supplies too. And I mean, he showed me a little, like some techniques that I didn't know, but I mean, yeah, it was all just, self-taught i don't even think i really even found any youtube videos or anything just like that at all. i just yeah it was a lot of trial and error and thankfully it was it, was it seems success. to be working yeah so so austin for you so, so it obviously franny kind of got everything started so so did you kind of like take under his wing and he just showed you everything he knew or did you kind of go off into a different um branch? he had a head start um starting with uh like special effects and sculpting. And then he kind of got me into it and I was immediately focused on the sculpting aspect. So I never really got my hands on, uh, to like fabricating or anything like that. But yeah, I just kind of took the sculpting route and then slowly worked my way into the makeup. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's how it was for the both of us. Neither yeah. of us really started with the makeup. We, we were more focused on the sculpting and yeah. then we made a lot of pieces that we didn't even use. We just sculpted yeah. and scrap it. Yeah. It was a lot of practice. Yeah. A lot of practice. So now, okay, so going back to the, to the Mandalorian armor, the first time you did it, how long, how long did that take you? Oh, dude, so long, <laughs> so long. Um, I don't even know. I honestly spent so much time on it. I don't even know. The, but the funny thing is now, um, I actually made a new set of Mandalorian armor that's screen accurate to the, to the show, the Mandalorian. And that took me not a lot of time at all, which is pretty funny. But I think that's because I, I, I've already done it. So, well, how many years have you been doing this now? From from when you started the first set of armor to what you just did, like, so we started in like 2013, right? So, hmm. for you, I'd say at least at least six, six seven years, right? Yeah, yeah. Damn. You were also doing other <laughs> stuff though too. You before I even knew about silicone, you were already mixing and molding toy heads, Star Wars heads, toys. Oh yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, and I you were uh, painting them. I, I remember. Yeah. I remember you made you made like I want to say like thirty of them. Oh, and, like, and you you painted one. Yeah, he was just I giving them out to everybody. Yeah, he to was paint. like he was like, hey, you're painting. So he made like little molds of clay, right? Uh no, so so I had a this is this is bad. This is called recasting. You should never do this. <laughs> Tip number one. Um, I know that I know that now, but I mean, I, I never sold these at all. I just wanted to give them to my friends to see what they did, would do with them. Um, so I have a, there's this company called Sideshow Collectibles and they make uh higher end, uh, like figures, like they're six scale figures. So they're 12 inches in height 
and I had a, a clone trooper, phase two clone trooper, uh, Revenge of the Sith, uh, those dudes, those clone troopers. So I had the head from that and I molded that with silicone and then I casted them in, in plaster because plaster is super cheap and I didn't even know about resin, uh, which is what you would cast it in now. So I casted them in that and I just gave them to all my friends to paint and I had a pretty big collection. There was like, I had at least 20 that I just had hanging on just on a shelf just because I thought they looked cool. Yeah, I remember uh, one night, I think you gave me three and we chilled at your yeah. house. I painted like three different kinds. We yeah. were just hanging out painting uh, Stormtrooper heads. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that was when you were, you were still recording music and all that. And like, like oh, you'd yeah. be mixing, you're like, here, paint this. And they're like, okay, I guess I'll, I guess I'll paint this. And, and there was, a there's literally Christian, there was. I think it was more like 30 of them and he would just hand them out. Be like, Hey, you want to paint this? Paint this. <laughs> had like a drawer of them. Yeah. yeah I did. Pull I, <laughs> I'm pretty sure they're still in my mom's house in my drawer. <laughs> my room's untouched over there. So everything's still over there. We'll have to, we'll have to go raid the castle after this and be yeah. like, yo, what, what you got? Let's find the old relics. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so also you, you did things outside of film though, right? With, with, with makeup and special effects and uh-huh. stuff like that. Right. Yeah. So I'm, I'm heavily into the, uh, into the, the horror and, uh, in, uh, like haunted house aspect of special effects makeup and mask making. I love it. Um, it's another thing I'm obsessed with is, is just horror. Um, so we both were slowly getting our start through the haunted attract attractions industry. Uh, we've linked up with, uh, this uh this company called boneyard effects and that's who we're working with right now we're doing a lot of a lot of prosthetic pieces for them right now and uh we were able to do live makeup demos at conventions for the first time because of them so yeah the haunt the haunt whole haunt scene is really how we got into more of the makeup aspect of special effects yeah, and I feel like because, uh, you know, I, I know people who are trying to get into film, you know, with more of the special mm-hmm. effects side. And I feel like I feel like I've told more people you should try doing like, you know, the haunted house, you know, stuff like that when oh, that comes around, because yeah. it, it seems like it worked for you guys. And it, it's yeah. live theater. It's literally what it is. It's live theater. It's it's live theater and it's raw form. It's it's awesome. I and love you, it. You build your chops up with it, I'm assuming, because you it, it, it's, I, I've never yeah. been there to do it. And I've never I've never done that. But it seems like it's very like rigorous. Like, hey, we need this right now. Right oh, now. Yeah, you'll yeah. have an actor come in and they're like, we need to be on the floor scaring in 30 minutes. I need you to make me in a zombie. And yeah. it's like you have to <laughs> need, apply a piece and right. get the paint done and it has to look good. I need an hour long worth of prosthetic right. supply to me in yeah. 10 minutes. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 very grueling but very rewarding process okay so so you guys have done more student films more independent films than anything um what do you guys like about that i mean obviously you don't have anything to reference you know like oh yeah i worked for michael bay or you know james cameron and all that but (laughs) um with film i'd say it's uh the the filmmaker has a very strong idea of what they want so they kind of give you that guidance like this is what i need and these are like the things you need to hit and then the nice part is the budget. So it's like some things that we don't do because maybe we don't have the money. It's with a, with a film that's like, hey, I need a creature suit or I need this. They give you the budget and it's cool because it's like we're working, but we're still get, getting to do what we love. Yeah, it's, it's, it's basically just like here's free money to do what you like. Yeah, 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 exactly. I think yeah. that's the coolest part about it. And usually 
with independent films, it's you have a lot more freedom to yeah. to ex- explore different ideas and yeah, because I feel like with especially working with uh, student filmmakers, they don't really know anything about special effects, so they'll literally just tell you, "Hey, I need this," and they're like, "I trust you. Go crazy. Do just, what you gotta just do. Just make it, it look good." Yeah. See, so. I think that's cool though because it allows you guys to to let creativity flow more instead of being like, "Oh, well, the director said I gotta fit." you know, within these restrictions and get this done with this and these materials. So, okay. Um, Uh, So I I have a question. So basically you get a concept. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they say, here's what it's going to be. And you got to do it after you get that concept and that idea that they give you what, what's your first step there? So the, the very first step you will meet up with the director. um, They'll give us their vision. And then usually we'll tell them, uh, okay, I kind of have an idea of what you want, but can you send me like references? Like references are like key. Just send us pictures of everything, exi- like the closest to what you want. And then what we'll do is we'll go in and we'll start either sketching something or we'll just start putting clay on a head form. If, if we already have a head form, in most cases you would like get a cast of the actor's face and do all that. But um, just start working with the clay and then send them updates. And if they have... uh feedback on what you're working on they'll just give it to you and go from there okay so you're sculpting with clay yeah and then you're basically coming up with what the i guess prosthetics are gonna be yeah the prosthetics yeah i mean it just depends on what it is there's some projects where you don't need it doesn't need to be a prosthetic it needs to be like a mask like you worked on a short film where they Main, one of the main characters was uh, was like a, a bird creature, right? Uh, yeah. And you did a mask. It's just a resin a mask, yeah. Prosthetic, just because sometimes it's easier to do it that way. Or the or it doesn't like the character. Let's say isn't talking or isn't like a key character with uh, dialogue. So in that case, based on budget and what the character is doing in the film, we would go with something like a mask. So, okay, yeah. so like a different situation calls for a different thing. Yeah. It's like, uh, here's an alien who has a bunch of weird flaps and shapes on his face. Maybe that would be something that would have like a crazy prosthetic aspect. And also budget plays a big factor. Someone might want that alien, but they don't have the budget for it. So you have to make a compromise. Yeah. You have to tell them, well, these are the materials I can work with. And this is the amount of work we can do with the budget you're giving us. Yeah. So it all varies. There's a lot of different aspects that go into it. And would you say that you have a lot of, uh, like a lot of, do you, do you get creative control over certain parts of the idea? Like when, when you're, uh, sculpting, what do you, what do you put into it past what the concept says to do? Um, well, I'd say like, you always want to put your touch to it. Like you don't want it to look like everything else. You kind of want to be able to look at something and be like, okay, I can see where like the artist put like a little bit of themselves into their work. So I think with that, I think you would say too, it's like, um, like it's, for example, like, oh, I want a cat, like someone that looks like a cat, but it's like, okay, so I'm not just going to make it like someone with a cat face. I'm going to go in, I'm going to try to change up things, but not make it look too unrealistic. You keep the forms there. And then they'll give you other things too. Like, uh, oh, this character needs to be aggressive. Or like this character's sad. So that also helps a lot too. Because then when you're sculpting, you're not just making a generic face. You're giving the character expression. So, yeah. That's cool. (laughs) (laughs) Very nice. So uh, 
to kind of dig back to the roots like so what what do you guys draw a lot of inspiration from obviously franny you like a lot of horror films but mm. you know is there is there like a a certain film that just sticks out to you that you're like oh i love the prosthetics on that i wish i could you know you know mimic that or even you know just There's work on that so many like i feel like the reason why i even got in interested with film or anything like that was was because of star wars just growing up i i that's just what my mom and dad showed me was just star wars and my dad would sneak showing me scary movies like the first scary movie i ever saw i literally remember this i was a, i was like maybe three or four years old and uh my dad was watching the exorcist and i and i remember my dad telling me he's like you cannot watch this and i was like why it's just a movie and he's like this is not a normal movie and i was like uh okay whatever so i went to my room and my dad was uh so how our living room was set up was that the uh the couch was facing the tv and i was able to sneak from my room and sit behind the couch and I was peeking from behind the couch watching this movie scared out of my mind like holy shit what is this and uh and <laughs> and uh after that I mean I just got way in a horror film just because I was so scared you know it like influenced me to to uh figure out what exactly it was like like how did they make that person look like that and then I discovered like the special effects aspect of it. And then I remember every single movie we got, it doesn't matter what it was. I would watch the special features, like behind the scenes features. And I'd be like, wow, that's really cool. They did that. Yeah. I, then, I think yeah, definitely with the star Wars films, I did all that. And then like all the Lord of the Rings films and then oh yeah, Indiana oh, yeah. Jones. Like I have the box set and it has the entire DVD. That's yeah. just special features. Yeah. I watched that thing like probably 15 times now. Yeah. It's, it's awesome. Just yeah, it's really cool. Seeing how it works behind the camera, you know, just, Thinking about all the different people it takes to make just the one scene happen. It's crazy. See, you were way ahead of me with that. <laughs> you were like beyond what I was doing. I uh, I never looked at films like that. Like, because I feel like it's the same way. If you don't make films, you watch films differently. Like, you don't look at film the same way someone that makes the films would watch yeah. it. Um, for me, it was the same way with makeup. I didn't even know what makeup was. Like, how many, how much of the stuff I was watching had makeup or mm -hmm. special effects. I just loved those type of movies like science fiction, anything with crazy characters. And so once I got into filmmaking and I knew that those were the kind of films I wanted to make, that's when I realized, well, if I want to make these kind of films, I have to have makeup in them and uh, just happened to have my best friend doing makeup. And I also loved it. So I kind of just got into it, too. It's, a, it's not a bad thing to learn, I guess, for yeah. the for the no, industry so definitely I, not that's literally how Guillermo del Toro got his start he was a makeup artist who learned from the person who did the makeup on the exorcist Dick Smith and uh and then he just went on to create spectral motion and now they do a bit practical and digital effects and now they make films so it's out there kids you know just work your work your way up yeah first you gotta be a janitor though you always have to be a janitor yeah. oh yep yep <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so so it sounds obviously you guys have worked on other people's films. Have you guys done any films of your own at this point yet? Yeah, we've we've done a couple short films. Just say around like like four or five. Yeah, I think three of those have effects in them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just independent. I think the longest one we have is like ten minutes long. Just oh, okay. really short films. Yeah, because I mean it still takes probably days to 
to work oh, yeah. on them at least. Yeah, I think the 10 minute film took three days to make, which at the time that was, we could have cut a lot out. We were just really young and didn't really know what we were doing <laughs> right. yet. It's really ambitious. We got to include everything. Yeah, I want I want a shot from every angle. We have like 30 shots to shoot. So there's way too we much. We want explosions. We can make that, yeah. we can make that happen, right? <laughs> Do it in post. Do it in post. <laughs> That's how you get all those sci-fi films like Sharknado with the really just overdone. Do it in post. Overdone, just CGI. It just looks terrible. Okay, well, um, for somebody, you know, just starting off, you know, or wanting to start in the industry, what, what advice do you do you guys have for them? You know, if any at all, like if you could even think of where to start. Hmm. You have anything? <laughs> I mean, for I, I don't really feel like I could give advice to. To anybody else trying to do anything else besides makeup, because that's that's. Well, let's take it from the from the makeup and special effects okay. point of view. Then you know, if somebody's like, "Oh, you know, like like how you were. Oh, I really like this horror film. I want to do what they did in that yeah. movie or something like that." What, what would you What would you tell them? Um, I mean, now there's a lot of lot of awesome like reference out there, like uh, like there's online schooling, which is basically how how we learned. Yeah, um, to an extent. To yeah, to an extent. I mean. Obviously, it can get pretty have, pricey. Right. We have on-hand experience with, with people as well, but um, a, lo- a majority of, of our learning, I feel like, has been through the Stan Winston School of Character Arts, and um, that's the company behind a lot of the uh, crazy special effects films out there. Like, they've d- they did Jurassic Park. They made a full-scale T-Rex. Like, that's crazy. They did why not? Predator. <laughs> I'd say also too, if money's not like if money's not a problem, then yeah, go for it. Um, right. Online classes, if you want to go to a makeup school, do it. Like you're gonna get a lot of experience and hands on work. Definitely. But uh, I feel like with nowadays, there's so much like social media and posting. You could literally just go on Instagram and follow five of your favorite makeup artists that work in Hollywood. And if you just watch their videos and their pictures and the things they're posting, you're going to learn stuff just from looking at what they're doing. And you're also going to get the eye for what looks right. Like you're going to see the work that's like on film and you're going to know, eventually you're going to get an eye for it. And when you look at makeup, you're going to be able to tell right away, oh, that's, that's good makeup. I feel like you can learn a lot just from doing that. Yeah, no, definitely. I feel like we've learned a lot just from doing the same exact thing. Just seeing other makeup artists work on stuff, posting stuff. Yeah, like I learned something new the other week just from looking yeah. at someone's Instagram video. And then just just hands-on. If you want to sculpt, buy a piece of clay. Buy a block of clay. Get yeah. something to start sculpting on. You don't even have to turn it anything. Just just start sculpting. Or just buy some cheap makeup somewhere and start putting it on your your sibling or your friend or something. Just start anything hands-on. Mom, sit still. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to make you no, look literally. real bad. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, definitely, definitely a lot of Self-exploration. <laughs> <laughs> in in multiple ways. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you just you just have to not discourage or get discouraged at all while you're doing it. Because, I mean, there will come times where you do something and it looks bad. But, I mean, you just have to look at it as, as practice. I mean, because, what is it? I believe it's 10,000 hours to be a master at something. I think I think yeah, that's what like it to is to be an expert at right. anything. Right, you need so many hours. Right, yeah. so that's good advice, or so they say. I, I feel <laughs> like so it's true. <laughs> Get an overnight certificate. Be safe, because there's a oh, lot of yeah. a lot of chemicals out there that are can be pretty hazardous. 
And there's also some chemicals that look alike or like you might think, oh, I think this is what this is for. And you could really uh, cause some damage to yourself or other people working with definitely. it. You should definitely do your research before you mess with something. So yeah. so you have formal education in film? Are we, are we hearing that yeah. correctly? Okay. So what did you get formal education for? Um, I went to UNLV and got my bachelor's in film. Okay. Yeah. So what, like what kind of, I don't want to say classes, but like what, what did you, what did you take away the most from that? Um, you just learn a lot about how shooting actually works, how much goes into it and like how many people it actually takes to make a film. Um, but with my classes, it was all over. Like there was like your majors that you needed to take. And then there was a lot of, uh, classes where you could kind of play around and be like, Oh, I have to learn the history of film. Do I want to learn this history of film or like a different category? But, um, you kind of just pick what you want to. I went to school, um, me and my brother really focused on directing and then I kind of drifted off and got camera equipment and I started focusing more on the cinematography. Okay. So, so I guess if we want to branch into that, you know, if you could just explain it to us normies, you know, what exactly cinematography is. Cinemato cinematography would be. <laughs> Cinemato <laughs> cinematography. <laughs> uh, yeah. Cinematography would be camera. Okay. Lighting, all that. Well, cinematography specifically is camera, but uh, there's lighting and all kinds of other things that go so into it. So kind of like the way you film something. Yep. The way you choose to film something. So like, like as somebody who's like doesn't know about industry stuff when i like see like a director use like a really cool camera angle I like i think like that's cinematography Would yeah, you say uh, that shots um angles um lighting the way a scene's lit um yeah that all ties into cinematography so like how you said angles like a dutch angle you know you flip the camera and put it on its side give you like a weird feeling of the scene, something's going on, stuff like that. Um, Is that something you'd use in a horror movie? You could, could work in a lot of different kinds of movies. Just depends on the scene and what's going on, but it plays a big part in the story cinematography. Like you can use the camera to help tell the story. If that makes sense. The way you're saying it, it's kind of like, uh, you know, in a panel of a comic book, you have to like, deliver a certain plot point. Yeah. In a movie, you have to frame the story to be understood. Right? Oh, yeah, of course. Like um, you've seen it in like love movies, for example, um, or like two people talking in a moment gets really serious or intimate. You'll you may not notice it because you're used to watching movies all the time, but a scene will slowly get pushed in and get closer. Um, so you have shots, you'll have like wide shots. Maybe a scene starts wide. And as the scene gets more intimate or the conversation gets more serious, you'll notice the camera get closer to the actors. So when it's cutting, it may start on a medium and then it might work its way into a close up to really emphasize the emotion that's going on with that character. So yeah, like that is kind of like an example of camera. Okay. Yeah. So go ahead if you guys can, uh, Walk us through what like a typical day is, you know, on set for, for an independent film. Cause I'm pretty sure we can watch, you know, documentaries, but, Oh, that's what it looks like. It, it's, <laughs> yeah. you know, well, the first Lucasfilm. thing you do is you arrive, um, for a student film, you arrive when your call time is, but 
they're already 40 <laughs> minutes behind schedule. <laughs> so it's perfect for a makeup artist because you have plenty of time to do touch-ups or whatever. They'll just be like, oh, hey, yeah, we were supposed to shoot his scene at 11, but, you know, I think we're uh, running a little late, so you don't have to have makeup done until 1230. <laughs> it's lunch. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Um, You want to start the typical day of a... Yeah. Of a Francisco? I feel like it's usually... First thing you do is get a Red Bull. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> first thing you do, at least for us, to get a Red Bull. We're addicted. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, show up. We're... I mean, we're we're always on time. Yeah. Um, Get there and uh, and uh, just go and see what's up with the director. Usually the director is like, oh, we actually have been shooting this shot for the past 30 minutes and we need another two hours. So... Yeah. We don't need you for another couple hours, which I mean, we're always fine with. We yeah. get to just hang out, just find out where we're supposed to be chilling at, right. Uh, right. get our stuff all set up so we're ready to go as soon as they say, "Hey, we need you to start on makeup." Um, hang out, craft services, eat some chips, talk to the the actor that we're going to be putting makeup on. Uh, if the director has any notes, like, "Hey, we're going to do this." Um, yeah, and then kind of just wait for the actor to come sit down so we can get started. Yeah, it's I mean it's usually really really chill as a as a makeup artist. We as yeah. soon as we're done with our work, we just sit around on set waiting to see if there are any t- touch-ups need to happen. Yeah. Or any weird last-minute effects that the director wants, but usually for the most part it's a lot of sitting <laughs> sitting around. Yeah. yeah. We had crunch time uh, for a bald cap once um, on like a, a little girl. Mm-hmm. But uh, most of the time we like right when it's like time to do makeup, it's like no messing around. Like we get right going, get yeah. started. Yeah, we usually get pretty serious. Yeah, right? usually end up uh, we'll get the makeup done and the actor will sit around for like maybe 10 minutes and then bam, right on set, do last minute touch ups if they need to look wet, throw some stuff to make them look wet or whatever it is. And then just kind of keep an eye on the makeup. Okay. Hey, so I see them on TV used all the time. Mm-hmm. How do bald caps work? Like, how do they apply them? How do they put them on? This is the question that we need answered. There's, there's, there's a couple different ways. There's a as bunch far of ways as you, you know, do. like in your experience, how has it been done? Um, well, in our case, we did a bald cap that you ended up only seeing two percent of. Yeah. <laughs> <Which> <laughs> so what the nice thing with that was uh the character was wearing a beanie but they still wanted the front to show that the character was bald. So they kind of lifted it a little bit, but we just applied a, a plastic cap, yeah. which is just a bald cap made out of uh, plastic, which pretty much melts away with acetone acetone or 99% alcohol, whichever. Um, it depends. Um, just do that. Just glue it to the front, make it the front look really good around the ears, cut the plastic off around the ears, blend it in, um, paint it, and then put the beanie on and cover it. <laughs> yeah. 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 But your hard work other, is appreciated. There's a bunch of other ways to do bald caps, like depending yeah. on if the character's actually bald headed right. in the film. And they're gonna show it like like for like let's say Avengers Endgame or Doctor Strange. Yeah, a silicone. The, the what's her name? The chosen She's like the ancient oh, her one. The ancient one. There we go. Something yeah. to that effect. Yeah. That was that was FX. That she didn't actually shave her head for No, that? she she's got a full head of hair. Um what they did, so they they would comb all the hair back and they would use a special uh, industrial grade gel like Gorilla Snot or something like that. In our case, it's called Gafquat and it's water soluble. So you would comb it with the Gafquat and get the hair 
as flush with with the skull as possible. It's easier with shorter hair. It's it's a lot trickier with with longer hair. It's really tricky with long hair. Um, but once you get the hair as flat as possible, then you would apply the plastic cap, which is awesome. Which is what Austin was saying, and then you would have a prosthetic piece, which actually has has uh, forms on it or sculpted on their sculpted head. on their head. So it it has any definition you need. Like if a character has like a giant scar in their head. Which I believe the ancient one had like a couple scars. Or just to give them the head shape back. Because right, when you right. just put a blast a plastic cap or like a rubber cap, it pretty much is just going to look like, right. like an egghead. Yeah, it's pretty <laughs> it's pretty lumpy too. Like with, yeah, with especially hair. long hair. Yeah. Yeah. So the the piece he's talking about, like a silicone piece, an encapsulated silicone piece that is sculpted on the the actor's head. Right. Um and then they use that to go over it because it keeps its shape and it looks way more realistic. It looks really realistic. Yeah. It's hard to tell. Like if you, and you if can you punch hair that, in it too. Yep, if you yep. wanted to give a character completely different hair, they did it. They did for, it for, for the, the the Wu. What's his? I don't know. And uh, the Avengers. In the end, Avengers Endgame, he was he. <laughs> I remember seeing the pictures bald. for that makeup. Yeah. That was crazy. And he needed his hair, and he couldn't. He couldn't. Uh, he couldn't do anything with his actual hair due to contract obligations with another film so they had to fabricate a whole new set of hair for him and to do that they had to punch the hair which is a crazy long it literally process. looks like somebody's scalp on a piece head. on like just hanging on something and then they applied it yeah, you over. have to do like each individual hair each right? individual hair yeah that's right so um something recently in uh popular movies that i've seen mm. that was very funny that has to do with um you know, that has to do with hair and effects. Um, in the new Justice League, <laughs> Superman. Oh, he has a mustache and they had a CGI it out. Yes. Yeah. Which yeah. they could have done a prosthetic to cover it up. But I don't know how that would have looked, though, because he had a thick oh, that, his mustache that was thick. Do, do you guys remember the context as to why that happened? I mean, he, I don't I don't know how those contracts work, but um, I mean, I would say shave the stash and then let the other film put a fake mustache on him. Yeah. I think it just comes <laughs> down to who's paying more money. Yeah. You know, I think they had a reshoots is uh, what it was. Because right, right. And he had this. Yeah. He had it for mission, mission impossible. I or, think that's what it was. Or this, this it Sam was uncle's uncle. I couldn't tell you. No, I'm pretty sure it was mission impossible. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, fellas. It's got to stay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do yeah. what you get paid to do. Yeah. That's that comes down to, but we'll see when uh, Snyder's Cut comes out how that looks. Oh, see, people are really excited for that. That's really interesting. Yeah. And even though I'm not a big fan of the DC films, I'd like to see how that stacks against what we've already seen. Yeah. I'm excited for it. I feel like it'll be cool to see. I feel like he just makes good he, films. Yeah. yeah. Dawn of the Dead. Dawn of the Dead. That's just my the way he. Dawn just the way. Which he, one did uh, he do? He did the remake. Did the, the Dawn remake. of the Dead remake. The, the remake was yeah. pretty good. It's He's really a very, good. Um, like a visual director, like uh-huh. the things he puts on camera look like they come straight out of a comic book. Well, like yep. Watchmen, right? Didn't Watchmen yeah. is so good. Yeah, I don't like, care what anybody says. Yeah. I, love, I love the noir kind yeah. of vibe of Watchmen. I do yeah. I do remember the uh, Dawn of the Dead when I was a kid watching the behind the scenes for that. That was like, that was cool yeah. seeing how they did like the, like yep. the, the, like the scalps would just like explode and yeah, all that. That was cool. I watched that feature over and over again I, when I, it came out because I was scared. Yeah. I was super scared of that movie. Yeah, Watchmen? Me too. No, no Dawn of the Dead. Oh, Dawn of the Dead. Yeah. It's a good movie. It a is. really good movie. The chick gets chainsawed in half. Oh it's so my crazy. God. And I thought that was cool how they did that because I yeah. was like, 
I was like, did they just like CGI? No, they just no. Had a that whole, was a practical effect. They had a whole. They like, straight up. That was a real chainsaw yeah. to like a, a body double. It was nuts. Wasn't that his first movie? Yep, he directed yeah. that was his first. Yeah. He, was, he, was his first he, movie. he did wow. he did Jeep commercials or something, yeah. something like that. Yeah, and yeah. then he got to direct. Uh, yeah, and then and then people were like, "What the hell is this guy? What this yeah. is great?" And I think it, it still has like a really great like Rotten Tomatoes and Metacritic score too. Yeah. But people were like, it's not as funny as the original. It's like, no, but it's a good ass zombie movie. Yeah. It's one of it's like Tom Savini's in it. That's all you need, man. <laughs> <laughs> now what about uh from Dust to Dawn? Oh the, the fucking the cock gun. Sex machine. <laughs> that's oh, Tom it? Savini. Yeah. Yeah. What's sex machine? That's what What's sex machine? That's his name. Oh, that's his name he in goes, the movie. He goes, I'm sex machine. Oh, okay. How are you? <laughs> or something weird like that. Oh, okay. Because I don't remember exactly. Is he the guy in uh, in Dawn of the Dead that's like telling people how to like kill them? He's like, the you got to shoot them in the head. Yeah, that's like the, the cop, right? He's the sheriff. Yeah. With like the like the, the, the aviators and everything. Yeah. On. Okay, he, yeah. he gets zombified later on. Yeah, too. He was he's a practical effects artist right yep or, he's he's the one who did the original dawn of the dead so they were like hey you want to come back yeah so it's also funny Zack snyder's in one of the opening scenes too there's a scene where there's like a bunch of guys with like mp5 or he's holding an m60 oh is he yeah it's him i didn't know that yeah i watched the commentary he's like oh that's me that's my one that's my one scene with me <laughs> in it and there's a bunch of you don't see the zombies coming it's just that it's like four dudes in like and they just Secret service shooting, gear, yeah. and they're just like just mowing down and he's one of them yeah. Damn. I mean, yeah, if it's your that. first film, hell yeah, you put yourself hell in it, yeah. right? with a big old budget like that. Yeah. What's interesting to me about the original Dawn of the Dead, and effects wise, is that the blood looks like red paint. Yeah. And and you know, yeah. disclaimer, I like the original one better. I think it's more like grounded and stuff, so mm -hmm. I like it. And it's like it has that classic vibe. Romero was still making good movies. Right. But it looks like red paint. Yeah, I don't know why he why why Tom Savini did it that way? Because he can't. It, it could have. I now this is just a theory because I don't know. Mm -hmm. But it could have been. Uh, it can't like. Oh, it can't look too real. So that's, that's why modern movies. I heard sometimes they make the blood look really like black almost. Yeah. So what's the rating on the film? Like what? I don't remember. I'm pretty sure it's. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's R. Because if it's when if did it it's, come out? Because R. I actually did this on the last episode. Oh. R didn't come out till Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. It was. Oh. Or it's PG thirteen. Excuse me. So R was there, but PG thirteen wasn't there yet. So it might have it might have been like a PG thirteen. Because that's why they do out. black blood, right? Depending that, on the rating I, of the that's film. That's what I heard. I feel like it looks more realistic to, to like that. Make though. it less violent. Like when it coagulates and everything. The like the black one looks a little bit more realistic than what they did in like Dawn of the Dead, where yeah. they're like, right. "Let's go bright. Let's make it look." It <laughs> looks like they went to Home Depot, got yeah. paint, yeah, and did that with all the. All the blood. Yeah, I'm, I don't know. That's that's interesting. I never. And I wonder if somebody could like edit it, like <laughs> to make it like, put a <laughs> make on the blood. What if they just wanted to be like, like bam, like they just wanted it to really hit. Maybe on the that's screen. what he wanted. Yeah, maybe he wanted just like a, a bright be like, yeah, that's blood. Yeah, yeah. I know Dude, Tom Tom Savini actually fought in Vietnam, and that's why he got into special effects. <laughs> oh my god! Because he was, he had all these crazy images burned into his head, and he was like, I need to. I need to get this out of my head somehow. So I know what a decapitated head looks like. Yeah, no, you don't want to see it, but seriously. I'm gonna show you. <laughs> That's terrifying. I never yeah. knew that. Yeah. yeah, and it's it's what the cool thing about that is he started out right, and he trained K and B effects, which is Greg Nicotero and Howard Berger, and they work on basically every new zombie film that comes out. Like they've worked on The Walking Dead. Nicotero, I recognize yeah, from yeah, The Walking yeah, Dead. Yeah, and he's a producer now. Yeah, and, and a director. Yeah. 
That's how you do it. So I've heard from from you know, mostly just internet trolls that oh the special effects was better in the eighties and it is now. What do you what are your guys' take on that? Not mm. it wasn't better. It's just they used a lot more special effects than CGI because I mean look at, film, look at yeah. films with CGI in the eighties. It's Looks it's not bad. like it is today. No. I think of Children of the Corn mm-hmm. and the original at the end of the movie, there's like the demon god or whatever. And like, it's like a CGI hump in the ground that's like following them. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they called it he, him, uh, he who walks behind the rose. He was like the big like scare at the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. And it looked just terrible. Yeah. It's like, this is their first attempt. It's really bad. Right. I feel like you, you. You remember like when you're little and you watch those kind of movies, how amazing they are. But then if you go back and watch them, completely different. Yeah. Some yeah. of those films don't hold up. So right. what what films do you guys think from the 80s still hold up with their practical effects? Oh, my God. American Werewolf in London. Oh, yeah. The Thing. I mean. <sighs> the Thing. The Things was really say, cool, yeah. though. Like, yeah. like I, I recently saw some some scenes of it recently and I was like, that still looks pretty good. And then the, yeah. uh, they, they redid it, right? Oh yeah, that one looked that, the CGI that is one, cool in that one. That, one. that one actually isn't a remake. It's a that's a it's pre, a pre, it's a prequel. It's a prequel made in the future. So pre- is sequel? it in the future? No, because at the end it's the well, dog. They made, they made it in the future, but, but it's, it's a, a prequel. it's a prequel. <laughs> it's a prequel to the sequel to the. But it's like Star Wars. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> I remember seeing the CGI for that, and that was crazy. Like how it just like melts yeah. into people. Like that was they. I mean. When <laughs> I've got gripes with that, with uh, well, let's hear them. So when they did that, the company who did the effects on that Studio ADI, um, uh, they actually they actually outbid uh, KMB effects. KMB was originally supposed to do it, but they out they underbid them. So uh, Studio ADI got to do it. Um, so they did that, and they made all these cool. You can see the videos effects. of it. Yeah, so they're all tons. on YouTube. They're amazing. They did all these cool practical effects. They even did a practical effect where where the faces were blending together like that without the CGI. They did everything it was like an animatronic head attached to the actor. Right, it? right. Yeah. And then it like more. It was weird. I don't even know how they did it. Um, but they they had all these crazy effects that they built, and everything got plastered with CGI, like just more blood and more like random tentacles and stuff. And the company Studio ADI was was pretty upset about that, so they went and made this film the called Harbinger Down yeah. that eh, it's not very good, but it's, it's pretty awesome. <laughs> special effects. Yeah. Awesome special effects. So they just be like, well, we couldn't use these. So we'll just use them here. Yeah. And Matt just- Winston's in it too. Stan Winston's kid. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, so you, you don't agree that special effects were better in the no, I just thought you saw more of it. Okay. Because yeah, obviously they didn't have it. the CGI I feel like It's easier nowadays for for film and films just to be like um, CGI. We'll right. just pay for CGI. We'll just hire these programmers to yeah. do these animators. We'll yeah. just do that in post. I mean, there's places for it. I mean, there's there's places where it where it blends and it marries well. Like one example that I can think of is is a uh, spoiler alert for uh, Breaking Bad. <laughs> oh, oh <laughs> when, okay. When uh when Gus Spring gets gets half blown up. Okay, that yeah. is a half makeup and half digital effect. So they made him more hollowed out and gave him more bony kind of uh dead look. 
with 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 digital effects. And I they do that was, in Terminator too. Yeah, they do it in Terminator as well. See, with I thought the, that was all CGI. No, it's practical okay. with 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 digital, and then like that's uh, when it marries well. Like for example, with the half Terminator face, mm-hmm. they'll do uh, effects for like all the holes, and it'll be actual ripped skin, and then the underneath will be green. Right. So, so they can go help. and post and make it look like the machine underneath. Okay. Right. Sometimes yeah. it's easier, but yeah. Okay, so this this character suit that you guys did for for that film on on Amazon, uh, walk walk us through that. What was the process on that? Well, that was um, makeup on a budget. <laughs> okay, <laughs> at its finest. Yeah, we didn't get paid for that one. <laughs> yeah, um, really? but it was it's yeah. it's a a a close friend from college, so uh, he's helped out on our films. Just being there as an AC, he, he means alien domicile. Oh, Not, you're talking about that one. Yeah. Oh, because we did another one. Yeah. Okay. That okay, yeah. No, that one. That one was like we were more of like helping hands. Yeah. We got called on to help. Sculpted sculpt a few pieces. pieces. Yeah. Okay. And then I played a um mannequin while uh they put it on and kind of glued some pieces on. So I got to be in the suit for a little bit, which was cool. Just like film it now. Just film it yeah. now. Just let me be in the movie. Yeah. But we made our own suit from scratch yeah and that one was because really- the alien domicile one uh we were there we helped sculpt and then uh I, w- I remember being there till like four in the morning while he they were painting the suit and getting it all ready for the, the actual shoot but i'd say we have more of the process of when we made ours yeah and it's no. kind of more of like a budget like a low budget one too so yeah, i feel like it's more practical for, it. for even for people that want to try making a suit like that's perfectly like a really easy way to do it Okay, yeah. so so what was this suit for? Uh, what's the shorts? What's the um, short called? Somewhere within. Yeah, somewhere within. So it's a yeah. uh, it's a friend of both of ours. His name's Jordan. He's a really good director. He's a really good person too. Yeah. Um, he came to us with this idea, and me and Austin met up with him. We had a meeting, and uh, I think he, it took because they were still, uh, I guess finishing the script and. Right figuring out shoot dates and budget. So I don't think we actually got to put the suit on the actor for like six months. Yeah. It, it took a, it took a while. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but we talked to him and his friend. So it was like, they were kind of co-directing their short film. And, uh, the same thing we talked about earlier, he gave us a bunch of ideas and then he sent us an email with like points of like, it needs this, it needs that like a bunch of stuff and then so um, Austin did a majority of the work on that suit (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think I helped with maybe like an arm and a leg maybe you helped with all the molding too oh yeah I helped with all the molding but you did all the sculpting you did literally all the sculpting I mean I blocked out some pieces for you but you went in and and then you went in and refined them because I mean you sculpted it so you know exactly the kind of texture and style you're you were going for so i mean you did a lot of work on that one yeah even the casting of the parts the the pieces were uh some of it was sculpted on a body uh like a like a mannequin um like the chest and stuff so that way it kept its shape but then we did a lot of flat pieces Mm -hmm. which are basically you sculpt on a flat board and then uh, it's kind of like a blender piece and then you mold that which we used ultra cow Mm-hmm. This is the cheapest, really which is cheap. basically it's like cement. You mix it okay. with water, 
And then uh, we cast them in latex, which is just a rubber, yeah. just liquid latex. You uh, pour it in like a cup or something. You take a chip brush and you brush it into the mold and then you pull it off and you get the positive. Uh, we did that for a bunch of pieces of suit, mm -hmm. blended it together to give the character like a cohesive texture, wrinkly monster look. And then, yeah, had a, had a from the neck all the way down to had feet and hands and everything that's actor just put it on and then blended the neck in with the face prosthetic and gave him a, a like a wig because the character was kind of like a, a female-ish naked alien sewer dwelling thing sick yeah. yeah it's pretty cool i mean all we really did was just glue it onto like a, literally a morph suit makeup makeup literally took uh 45 minutes yeah it was just applying the face and i mean we uh, we did so many tests yeah tests with it that you already knew how exactly how to uh, how to apply it and the exact paint methods to use so it was really fast it's really fast yeah so with uh, correct me if i'm wrong with making something like this the process is sculpting it then making a mold mm -hmm. and then making the actual thing from casting. the mold exactly yeah. casting exactly yeah. okay and then there's a different sure. material for each part there's different clays right. And then there's different ways to mold it. And then there's different materials to cast it. And it all kind of just depends on what you're trying to do for that specific job and your budget. That's super cool. Yeah. Um, okay. So, so I, I have somewhere where this conversation can go, but I have to touch on something hilarious that I remember because we were talking about Dawn of the Dead. <laughs> yeah. In the original Dawn of the Dead movie, the funniest thing that happens in terms of effects is there's like a uh, the world's like in turmoil because like the whole zombie thing just popped up. Right. And like it opens with kind of like a military like a military is like raiding some house. I don't even know why. If they think like they're drug dealers or some other bullcrap, not important. This military guy swings around the corner with a shotgun and like he like opens a door and just shoots a guy in the head. Oh, yeah. He murdered that guy. <laughs> and. Here's For how, no reason. <laughs> here's how it plays out. It shows the guy point the shotgun. Then it quick switches to a shot of the guy's head. But it looks like like they make his head explode. But it yeah. looks like they took like ground beef or something. Yeah. yeah. And it looks like an explosion of ground beef. You're yeah. like, that's not the guy's friggin head. Right. And it's just like so like. It's so jarring that the last time I rewatched it, like I cackled for like 20 minutes because it just looks like yeah. a friggin ball of ground beef exploding <laughs> and they try to quick cut it so you don't notice but like it's super obvious right. you made it sound like it's just like a dude holding like a ball of beef just hawks it at a wall or something <laughs> just explodes you'd be surprised when you're on a budget and you have to <laughs> provide something i'm 90 percent sure that it literally was ground beef because in the original like uh night of the living dead the guts that they were eating were actual like intestines from real animals Menudo. it's crazy yeah <laughs> which i think about that from time to time like did they get sick or what <laughs> i got salmonella thanks right i don't know and relating to like zombie stuff i remember they were talking about on the set of the walking dead mm -hmm. um basically rick like bites this guy's throat out uh. and like like it's like really like ridiculous it's like really ridiculous like it's just a guy and he's like i'm gonna like bite his throat out Jesus. so whatever it's zombie yeah. it's gore okay and andrew lincoln the guy who plays rick apparently the people over him told him 
okay, so like we're going to use like fake meat. Do you want it to taste like, I think they asked, do you want it to taste like mint or do you want it to taste like something else? Like they had like a barbecue. fake I think it was mint barbecue. or barbecue. And I'm like, oh, so all that like gore we see is like probably mint flavored, yeah. <laughs> or at least in The Walking Dead, like the stuff they're munching on. Menthol. And I was very surprised by that. What doesn't surprise me just to make it seem like they're actually into it. Cause I mean, you can always tell by an actor's uh, eyes. I'm good ass meat right. raw like, chicken. Oh shit. <laughs> raw meat chicken. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't ate lunch for three days. It's delicious. <laughs> Craft services. Who? <laughs> okay. So of all the unholy effects and like prosthetics and stuff like that, that I've seen in movies, I'm just going to ask, have you guys seen the movie Boogie Nights? No, I haven't. Boogie the, Nights? It's, it has Mark Wahlberg in it. Oh! So okay, like okay, John okay. Holmes, right? This is the one where, he, where he's, a, he's a porn star, right? Yes. Yeah, he's, he's John Holmes, right? Dirk Diggler, John Holmes. Uh, so you, you know the deal with that. I've, I've only seen bits and pieces. Isn't the opening where it's like he works at a place in rollers? There's like a roller skate thing. Am I thinking of the right movie? Ooh, I forget. I just remember the. I just remember part. watching an opening scene. I don't know if it's that movie or not. He's he, young, right? He's young. He's definitely young. Yeah. I forget how it opens because it's been like a hot minute since I've seen the movie. Yeah. I just remember that he's a porn star, and that's basically the plot of the movie. And like, it goes like off the rails. Anyhow, and it's like a, it was. It's a true story, isn't it? Because it's John Holmes. Yeah, it's a real person. Anyways. Th- they use a prosthetic for his penis because <laughs> like there's like a shot and, and i'm pretty sure it's usually it's usually edited out of like when they show it on tv so like right. you're on like fx or something right you're not gonna see it but it looks kind of fake like it looks kind of like <laughs> when you look at it, it looks kind of off-putting i think they just show him like standing there or looking in the mirror oh, okay <laughs> and like the whole thing is like oh he had like oh. what if it's actually his dick Mark Wahlberg's. <laughs> <laughs> you just don't know that. You're just like, oh, that has to be FX. That has to be. But no, so, bro, that's well, because that's that's the thing about John Holmes. That's what made him like like popular, is that he had like just such a huge big like dick. So like, <laughs> but like John Holmes or like uh, Mark Wahlberg, he's just like, yeah, I just don't tell anybody. <laughs> that's why they kicked me out of New Kids on the Block. Damn it that that reminds me of, uh, and this wasn't this was an actual penis that was used in the movie. <laughs> yeah. I can't remember the name of the movie, but it's got, uh, I think it's like pop star or something like that. It's with, uh, Andy Samberg and, uh, and the other dude from lonely, lonely hearts. Um, but they're super famous. Right. And they're in a limo talking. Right. And a bunch of people come up and he's like signing their stuff. Right. And then like a girl pushes her tits against the glass and he's not even looking, paying attention. He signs them. Right. And then they're like naked tits. Right. And then the next scene is a dude. He takes his dick out and rubs his dick <laughs> against, against the window. And the guy, the funny part is he rolls down the window. Right. And you see it like just, you know, just <laughs> flopping against the window, rolling down. And he signs it without even looking, doesn't even realize that he <laughs> signed the dick. And then he rolls the window up and the dick just follows the window up. It's so funny. It's so prosthetics, ladies and gentlemen. No, that's real. That was real. <laughs> That's that was Judd Apatow. That was his actual dick. 
<laughs> what a champion he was for for taking that anything, <laughs> anything for the shot, I guess. Roll. Oh shit! Sorry. <laughs> Um, any other prosthetic penis stories? <laughs> Unfortunately, that was all I had. Yeah, <laughs> I, I didn't come very prepared today. Sorry. Um, no, I'd have to see the scene. I don't know. I have to see the prosthetic. Yeah, I don't well, know. I remember it. I mean, like, I'm not gonna say I recommend it. <laughs> yeah. but, but it's a good movie. No, it's a good movie. He's like, he becomes a porn star when he's young, and like, he it's like it's like one of those things where like he like gets all like coked out and off the rails, and then. Oh. He like stops doing it. I think he prostituted himself. It was like crazy. And it's Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> but he's playing Dirk Diggler. That's the name he decided his poor name should be. It's a good movie. 12 out of 10. Mm-hmm. 12 <laughs> inches out of 10. You beat me to it. <laughs> so we we like to we like to ask these questions where we where we give ourselves and, and our guests the uh the chance to 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 be in the in the creative seat. So if there was like a prosthetic that you wish you could change or something you're like, oh, I could do that differently, or maybe they should have just not done it at all. Like in any film, like do you guys have any that you would like like uh, in somebody else's film? Like a Yeah, like a, like, like an actual film. Like, like I didn't like that. Or oh, I would have done it this way, or oh, I would have not used that shot or anything like that. You wanna go first? Do you want to go first? I'm thinking right now. I'm having a hard time thinking of yeah, I, I honestly I can't think of anything just because I don't know anybody else's mindset when it comes to their vision, you know. Yeah, I don't think I ever look at a film and I go, "Oh, that's that's trash." I I wanted I should have done that. Yeah. You know, there's films that I'm like, "Oh, I would love to be the person to oh, make that yeah, film." Yeah. Well, yeah, of course. I mean, but now we sound like villains for what we said on last week's episode about Star Wars, how <laughs> we would change it. But yeah, I don't look at. I don't look at special effects like that. Like I'll look, maybe I'll see a film. I'll look up like, Oh, like I can tell that special effects. Like, yeah, they didn't pull that off as good as it but could it, have been. Could that be perhaps now because you, you, you do that, you know yeah. what to look for. Now you're like, Oh, I know what that is. Yeah. But I feel like, I feel like, um, like there's just so many movies and there's so many good effects. Like even people that don't do a special effects, they can tell you look at a film and you can right away be like, Oh, that looks like shit. Because <laughs> cameras are just look so good now. Like it's so easy to see yeah. mistakes. I mean, like that's how I feel with most of like the afternoon movies on like the sci-fi channel. It's like it's like somebody who has like a decent budget, but they just like spend it you can all on tell CGI. If it's a suit. You can tell oh, that's a suit or like that's like just not up to like the same standard is. So what about Marble Hornets? Is that good use of uh of, of I, I never books. finished it. We, you and I watched it together. Yeah, we did. I never finished I, it. I it got finished it. weird. Yeah, it, it was like cool Slenderman, and then it was like, but look into yourself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I stopped watching that. So, so now with with you know haunted house prosthetics and all that, obviously there's no you know you can't be like oh CGI will do that in post because there's no post. It's just right. out there in the open. So what is, what do you find is like the biggest like challenges for that? Is it like the time constraints or is it like you know what you're given to work with because it sounds like you guys are like when you guys did you know fright them and I, I don't know if you did fright them but yeah we you, both did fright yeah them. so obviously they probably have good you know stuff for you guys to use no mm, no that no. was uh uh actually with that um prosthetics like foam latex prosthetics are you like they're one-time use like they have a, a thin edge and once you glue that piece down and then usually when you use a remover um, that piece gets ruined. Like there's no way to use it again. But over there, you'd have actors. They'd have 
a clown prosthetic and you put it on them and it looks great. It's the first time you use it and they use it the rest of the season. Oh, so they don't, they don't have to redo it. Literally no. sometimes you'd have actors come like come in, get their makeup done. They would go to sleep with it and then come back the next day, Saturday or whatever. And they'd have it on. They're like, I'm just going to wear it to sleep and I'm going to wear it tomorrow and I'm going to go back to work. Which is crazy because, yeah. I mean, it's not the most comfortable thing in the world. Why, why does that do that? Skin. Is it supposed to be like an actor kind of thing? Like, I have to live I, this part. I just think I think it's just that they don't want to they don't want to keep applying and removing it. Yeah, it's it's I mean, it it, <laughs> it takes but the, time. But the fact that that was even allowed, like it should be like if you need to come back to the tent, you need to get your makeup. Removed. Yeah, I mean, I'm, to be fair, that, you know, there's a couple of things wrong with with that towards the end. But right. um, I have a story that's kind of related to that. Go ahead, please. So I did. I was doing theater in high school and I was mm-hmm. usually technician, but I acted a couple of times. We were doing The Tempest, which is Shakespeare, and I was Caliban. He's a monster. Basically, he's like this island, uh, this island like grunt monster. And he's just kind of PO'd because the the main character had like taken his uh like authority or something. I, I forget what it was. Hmm. But um I had to be painted like green all over my skin. Did they use an airbrush? I don't think so. <laughs> they just busted out the, the watercolors no. and went to yeah. work. It was. Uh, Did it come off easy? No. What <laughs> <laughs> Did they use spray paint? It was like, <laughs> no, it was like where like with like, like they're brushing it on me. Oh, okay. With like where it, it could have been done better because it had like between scenes, they kept having to reapply it. Mm. So it was kind of, it kind of didn't do a good job. I did a good job. Okay. <laughs> Let's not get that twisted. You're, you're now. acting and moving a lot, yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, what was it was total hell. You told me those guys were sleeping overnight with their making makeup on. Mm-hmm. I was showering and like uh, the next day, like I shower after I get home, and then I realize there's more on me, and sometimes shower again. And then I'd wake up and then find more green paint somewhere yeah. behind my the ears. Ear, I was gonna say yeah. or somewhere like on my neck. You know, I'm like. Dude, this is hell. Now imagine that, but with a rubber piece glued to the front of your face. <laughs> that sounds terrible. Yeah. Pirates of the Caribbean. Well, I found, no, I remember Pirates of the Caribbean. They said like Dawn dish soap got everything off with what they used for like Johnny Depp and all that. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's maybe marketing. Just, that's a, Did you use like a, a wet rag in the shower and kind of scrub it a little bit. I was using one of those little uh, poof ball things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So maybe it wasn't What are good they enough. called? What are those uh, called? I have no I, clue. Every time I go to the store, I'm like, oh, I need the little scrubby thing. The little scrubby thing. Girls know what it's called. Like a. I think it's a, it's, uh, it, there's a name for it. It's not a loofah, right? No, it is. It is? It is? Yeah, it is. It is a loofah? Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Just go grab Vanessa. What's that thing called? What's that thing in the shack called? Yeah, the pom pom. The pom pom. <laughs> the pom pom that the washes my balls. The sponge. Yeah, the sponge you hang like from your from your, your rearview mirror yeah. in your car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So so what was so okay, obviously then just not respecting the <laughs> the work you did, but No, I mean they, they definitely respected the work we did. I it's it, that the issue like that comes down to budget. Yeah. Where because they didn't they didn't supply enough pieces to to use every day and i'm right. assuming that stuff's expensive when it's you, like hey we have this piece for yeah, you you need to make depends. it last you know so then okay. i yeah. mean if you have a, an event like that that's drawing in so many people like for example i'm gonna i'm gonna bring up another horror event um halloween horror nights mm-hmm. like they're yeah, basically nothing big just halloween horror nights. yeah nothing big 
just Halloween Horror Nights. Um, the one in Hollywood, all the makeup artists that they get are people that work on actual films. Like the company that does the work, McGee Effects. He hires some of the best people in the industry. Yeah, I was going to so, ask that because I was like, what do these people do when Ho- Halloween Hornet? Like they have to do something else in the, in the with that yeah. field. I mean, there's there's other people like like for like for me, like I have a, a normal day job. Like uh, if I if I can, I'll work a horror event or a haunted attraction event. Like this year I might work Halloween Horror Nights if it happens. Well, we're um, hoping for that. At yeah, least. <laughs> but. I mean, that's just during the weekends, so I would go during the weekends. But, um, yeah, there's definitely budget concerns when it comes to stuff like that. Like them, they use silicone prosthetics for their makeups, which is really expensive. That's higher end stuff. That's. But I'm assuming it looks better. It, it looks holds up amazing. Better. It looks really amazing, and they supply all their own makeups. They have airbrush cabinets. Which is yeah. something we never had at like. No, it's like bring bring what you got. It's BYOB for yeah. sure. BYOB, but but make it look good. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, we put money into our makeup kits because I mean, it's it's an investment. It, yeah, exactly. It's an investment, and we have all the necessary tools. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, I I think it's safe to say we have higher end makeup kits. Yeah, they got the uh, the the little art packs you get from Walmart. You just bust that bad boy open. Hell 60, yeah, sixty four crayons. Got the sharpener on the back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> supreme gear. There's nothing comparing to it. My sculpting box is a supreme box. Is it really? Yeah, you it bought is. into the hype. Yeah, he went all out on his box. Yeah, I just buy the little one dollar plastic ones that are supposed to be for crayons. I like Walmart, but. You got your little creations <laughs> I mean, and everything on yours. Well, I'm, I make a lot of my own stuff because yeah. I work in a metal fabrication shop. So, so I you, engineer and I design everything. Yeah. And yeah, I'm a little conceited. He's a little bougie my, when it comes yeah. to a little bougie. I've I mean, got 20, actual 24 karat gold on my on my stuff. <laughs> that's not a joke. Don't you have the custom uh, board to yeah. put your headphones on? Yeah. 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 I have it. The metal one, right? Yeah. See, and this it's is crazy because I remember... On. It, you know at your mom's house on your desk with your little like just you had like literally like a square foot of just like this is all my makeup area right here is all uh-huh. i do now you're like yeah i have like you know high-end gear you know i paid like four hundred thousand dollars for one paintbrush you know you know just just special effects <laughs> things. Brushes. <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah it can get pretty pricey but yeah i can the makeup's pretty expensive for those paints yeah like there's Paint. There's different types of paints to use, which is where it gets pricey. So there's alcohol-based paints, which is, you can sweat on that stuff and it's not going to come off. You could scrub at it. Unless you were drinking. Right. Unless you're drinking. Because then you're sweating alcohol. Yeah. Because it's activated with alcohol. So, I mean, unless you've been drinking, it's not going to go anywhere. But that stuff's expensive. It's like like $15 for like four ounces. And I mean. I think it's like 12 for the two ounce and like. Oh, really? I get yeah. it mixed up. My bad. <laughs> no, I think I I'm I mean I might be wrong, but uh yeah, I think like there's a two of four and a, and a six or an eight. <laughs> six or an eight, which is I think like thirty bucks. Yeah. I think I could be yikes, wrong, but it's yikes. somewhere around there. It's for expensive sure. for just one color. Yeah. And think about all the different colors you need for one project. There's like, like say six. like a, and then like alcohol a rainbow. palettes, yeah. which is like a those are like a dry, whew. it's like dry paint. That you activate with the alcohol, you squirt it in there, you put the brush 
uh, comes with like depends like a set with what eight colors? Yeah, it's like, like eight colors. Little like what is it like a one inch by one inch piece square? square? Yeah, eighty bucks. Yep. Ooh. They can go a long way if you're not like killing it with the alcohol spray. But yeah. So now I'm assuming you know the guys that are like you know at you know high budget film level they're getting paid good good money to do this so obviously right and they're probably that's probably covered in their budget yeah. right they just, yeah. i think union rate right now for onset oh there's up, a union there's a union okay yeah. um their union rate right now is 36 an hour Woo. so they make they make good money they just have to consistently be working yeah but i mean usually it you're in the union you're working all week long yeah because you're in the union that's the point of they're yeah. supposed to get you right. work right and most times you'll be working overtime hours as well so that's time and a half so what's that uh, big uh, dollar yes <laughs> big big dollars <laughs> so as special effects artists what, what do you find more like satisfying the the you know the halloween stuff like the the haunted house stuff or like the movie stuff i mean obviously they, they you know they can go hand in hand but that's fucking hard because both of them are so rewarding, I think. Like, like uh, uh, we work a lot with uh, uh, this uh, haunt haunt company called Murder House Productions. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember in I've seen your stuff on there, and I, yeah. I started following them because yeah. I saw your stuff on there. So yeah, yeah. So every year, I I sculpt them. I I'm a I'm a producer of that haunt, so I sculpt um, either a prosthetic piece for them to use. Or a, a mask like or that something. Wolf mask yeah, like did. I made a, a wolf mask for them. I made a demon sheep. I, they, okay, yeah, I remember that they too. They definitely challenged me. They throw some crazy stuff at me, but I I love them. They're they're some of my best friends. And, well, the work uh, they do is really it's, yes. it's really it's yeah, like they're visually stunning. Yeah, they're honestly they're on par with with Universal Studios. They have that like movie design. quality to their yeah, set they design. Really have a so so high what do they do? Because I've seen they have like their own standalone. Houses mm-hmm. that they do like at a, at a disclosed location, uh-huh. but do they ever, you know, like, because you know, I like for Fright Dome, I'm assuming they do all their own ideas and everything right. in house there, and then they hire you guys. You guys help, you know, bring the characters life, and they hire yeah. pe- construction people to put the sets together and everything. Right. But it sounds like Murder House, they just kind of it's like it's, it's, it's all them. It's what is it like two people? It's two people, Aurora and Kyle. Yeah, yeah it's like it's like two people, right? Okay, yeah. so they. They do everything. But themselves. do they ever do anything for bigger organizations like, hey, we're going to so, contract for these people? Or- so they do they do stuff at, well, it basically, so there's this uh, haunt convention. It's called Midsummer Scream. So at Midsummer Scream, there's this, uh, this hallway and it's called the Hall of Shadows. So inside the Hall of Shadows, it's completely dark. So there's no lighting out, out on the floor. Um, it's, it's completely on hall. So in that hall, they have a bunch of different local haunts. Um, and they basically go and showcase and they gain new followers and all that stuff, all that stuff there. So the very first year that, that we were talking with them and I had no idea they were doing this at all. I was just like, Hey, I saw a video of one of their haunts and I was like, Hey, I'd really want to work with you guys. Like, uh, you have a really amazing haunt and I want to produce you guys, you know, like I want to help you out. Like I want to be a part of this. So they were like, Oh, uh, we're doing a, uh, trick or treat themed, uh, haunt like after for the midsummer movie? scream. Yeah, exactly. The Michael Doherty movie, which is great. 
it's a Halloween staple for sure. Um, so they did that and they're like, we need a werewolf. So I was like, okay. So I did a werewolf and I learned all these crazy new techniques doing it. So they promote themselves a lot there at Midsummer Scream. But I know right now they're, they've got an LLC now and oh, they're okay. working on securing a location. Not this year. I know they're not coming back this year. They're taking a little break this year due to, due to coronavirus. But next year um, they're coming back and coming back strong. So would you, would you say the same about which, you know, both of them being very rewarding? Yeah. Um, they're kind of rewarding in their own way because it's like uh, with the haunt you make a piece and then you get to see it right there. You get to yeah. see the actor bring it to life when you walk through the house. And then with film, it's rewarding because you create this character, you create these effects and you're on set and you're applying it, but you don't get to see it right away. Um, you don't get to see it until after they finish filming, editing. So it could be weeks, it could be months before you actually get to see the work you put in. But when you do see it on screen, it's like, wow, like, that's awesome. Like, cause you have no idea like what they're shooting, the angles they're doing or anything. So it's a surprise. You're just like, yeah, oh, I wonder what it's right. going to be like, Oh, that's you're just what like sitting like. there waiting. Like, Oh, I can't wait. Like when's my effects going to come in here? <laughs> or like, Oh, yeah, I wonder like, how this oh, is going to go. Like, oh, they should <laughs> yeah. like shot that side of the makeup. Cause that's like, kinda- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I put my initials on that side. Yeah. <laughs> the secret dick on there. Yeah. <laughs> that's <laughs> the Franny signature. Yeah. Right there. On the inside gotta, of every mask, there's a little, there's, dick sculpted there's always there. a little dick sculpted inside <laughs> all of the masks I make. That's great. Well, now you know, if you ever see a mask, with a little dick on it, it's, it's Franny. Yep. Yep. So uh, I want to ask you, Francisco, and you too, about werewolves. All right, let's go. So werewolves are in a bunch of different movies. Mm -hmm. And it seems like the philosophy with how they decide to make a werewolf changes in every movie to a varying degree of quality. There's like practical choices like of like what should be practical, what should be hair, sometimes CGI, should it be more humanoid? What should its limbs look like? I need to ask you, what what's 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 a good what's a movie that has you think the best looking werewolves and what's the best philosophy for making a werewolf? So I'm actually wearing an American Werewolf in London t-shirt right now. He's biased. Yeah. And so I don't know if we can trust this. I'm going to shock you. I think the best looking werewolf out there is from The Howling. Okay. Okay. I haven't seen the one. I'll have to watch it now, but. It's it's the best looking um, one, hands down. Why specifically? I don't. It's it's hard to say. It's just, it's just more appealing to me. Like the American Werewolf it looks really good. It just looks more hell hellhoundish and that's that's yeah. the look they were going for and that that's what they told Rick the, Baker they wanted to do. And it's a little bit more uh whimsical. I it is like. more the whimsical. Face has a whimsical look. Yeah, it to has it. a more whimsical look. Like the really like high like arched brows. Yeah. The airbrushy like grays yeah. and blacks on yeah. the face. And the howling one is just terrifying. Yeah. It's there's so in uh in with character work there's different forms you use to bring out certain expressions. So like for like an angry character, it'd be more pointy. So more like triangle shapes and stuff like that. That howling werewolf has a lot of triangle shapes to it. It's very angry. The brows really sharp. The ears are really pointy and triangly. <laughs> now I'll say a movie that's probably going to not be agreed with. 
but since we're talking about practical and CGI, I don't think the CGI holds up very well and it's an older movie, but look wise, I think a really badass looking werewolf are the ones from Van Helsing. But that's just my per- personal I don't, opinion. I don't remember those. They had like really like straight up like like pointy ears. Huh. Like super like like werewolf werewolf, not like yeah. humanoid. I like that movie. I like the movie a lot. No, it's a great movie, yeah. yeah. The werewolf side so, I think they do a good job making them pretty scary. So what about like the Harry Potter uh werewolf Lupin when he when he changes that's like, like that's like a great that's like a greyhound <laughs> like great dane just great dane, yeah, up. That's what I mean. <laughs> great dane. <laughs> it just stands up. Yeah. I mean that was cool, but I think that one was CGI. I think it was all yeah. CGI, yeah. Recently I watched or I didn't watch the whole movie. I seen it on TV. Um, a guy named David Hader was part of this movie. I only know him because he's a voice actor. Mm-hmm. He did a movie called Wolves very recently. Mm-hmm. And watching it, I'm like, these are the worst. I'm like, I'm like, like, I think he's a cool guy, but I was so disappointed. I'm like, these are the worst looking werewolves I've ever seen. What in the world were they thinking? Huh. Um, my buddy Brett brought this up. When we were talking about werewolves. You know, he said, like, a lot of times werewolf designs, the way they make them look like it's just not like believable, like something's really off putting about right. them. And he, he thought of an idea. He said, maybe like it's because werewolves don't have penises. Back <laughs> to the penises. <laughs> okay, okay. But that's what he's like. Well, I mean, you know, he said in a more yeah. vulgar way, but he said, like, why don't they have junk? You know, do, do you, what do you think? There's you too think much hair covers it. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> Have you ever seen Monster Squad? No. Oh, Wolfman's got nards. They kick Wolfman in the nuts and, <laughs> and he reacts. So that at least that Wolfman or werewolf has has nards. So I'm definitely going to have to point it to the Monster <laughs> Squad in that case. Yeah, I think the if you're thinking more Wolfman, like humanoid, like wolf, uh, the newest Wolfman, the, Benicio Del Toro. Yeah, those are those are dope yeah that was Rick even Baker. The, yeah even the way um they behave like super gory ripping off arms like yeah. you can you can feel the power of the wolf like of the werewolf yeah yeah i think practically like that's like that's my favorite wolf man yeah was the was the new rick baker one yeah for sure yeah. i'm not so much um what's his name the actor the oh my. Benicio Del Toro? no 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 lon cheney no 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 who Oh, think? Anthony Hopkins. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't the really man. feeling the old, the old man werewolf, but Benicio del Toro's was his dope. was cool. Yeah, yeah. I want to do like a makeup that looks like yeah, that. something inspired by that. Yeah, no, I want to do the exact makeup, <laughs> copy it, same yeah. costume, everything. No, that's awesome. Special effects. Yeah, yeah. So since we're talking about you know like monsters and characters, like who do you think? What movie or show do you think does zombies right, and which one do you think does them like wrong with like? like makeup and it's such like that like if you, if you can even draw the line there i don't um and me personally i don't really care for any zombie movies <laughs> <laughs> they all have that i mean i know like they all have that uh like comedy aspect i feel like even the serious ones like there's a part of it where you look at it and you're like that's just ridiculous it's kind of campy see, see, yeah, yeah perfect yeah. word perfect way to put it uh i feel like, like i'm waiting dead, to yeah i'm waiting to see something that's like straight up like uh just like realistic like no See, I, feel, I feel dawn of the dead is realistic because if you look at them they have like the chunks remake. of skin yeah, yeah the remake they the have remake, yeah. chunks of skin hanging off they have like yeah. pieces missing they even got a dude who was like 
who was missing an arm in real life and mm-hmm. got him to like, oh yeah, he got his arm ripped off. Yeah. Yeah. And like the the way the zombies look in The Walking Dead are awesome, but I feel like it's still it's a TV show. Right. So it still even then doesn't have that like super serious like because like, they can only do so much because yeah. it's on TV. Yeah. But that's just what I feel about it. Um, I don't know. I mean, I can't think of my favorite zombie-like yeah. design. I, I might be a little controversial, but the World War Z, the World War Z zombies. But I a lot of those like are the CGI. They're CGI because uh, it's a I big mean, horde of them. So right, you know. right. But like, like at the towards the end of the film, when when he's in the up, CDC lab, yeah. yeah, and they're real up close, and the guy's gone <laughs> with his teeth. Yeah, he's got like a translucent like. That veiny look to him almost like the i am legend vampires i like that i, like I just kind of like the idea of like less is more like a film yeah. where like they you don't, don't see thousands of zombies like make it more intimate make it more of a story driven film that just happens to be in an apocalypse with zombies you see what i'm saying i feel like 28 days later is kind of like that because there's not giant hordes of them yeah no but they're technically not even zombies though they're they're just rage yeah they're they're infected because they have like a something more on like the The rabies like for example like i'm not to say like you you may or may not like these movies but like something more on like the the creepy eerie vibe like something like same vibe as hereditary or like the witch like something uncomfortable yeah where it's like you just sit there and you watch it and you're just like this is like like making me feel weird, but like with zombies, that makes sense. Yeah. I feel like movie, like zombie movies are kind of like the same un- unless they subvert it somehow. Um, I haven't seen too many to be honest like that, but I think of something like the crazies uh, where like, they're not zombies conventionally. So like you sometimes you get more interesting stories out yeah. of it. I think what it comes down to is majority of zombie movies have action. I think that's like You're shooting and running. Yeah, and there's an, there's a, there's some type of action to it. If that makes sense. Okay. So something more on like the um uh eerie, creepy vibe, not so much horror, jump scare or the actiony. Maybe like a, like just an just up a close shot like different take on it. Something like where they're like just in a like in containment chain. Yeah. They're, just, they're just like just looking at it. Yeah. Something like that. Maybe you could get away with a lot nicer. <laughs> or yeah. maybe you could really like profound on like good prosthetics there yeah. good like look. Uh I feel like the original Night of the Living Dead had a lot of that old creepy feel that you were talking about. Oh, like, like being stuck in the house. Like being stuck in the house. And they're just super See, that's what slow. I'm saying. Like you're you're within like a confined space and right. it's like it's not like, oh, we're on this action adventure through the city with thousands of zombies or like always getting into some shit. Right. It's more intimate. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like I've always liked the parallels of society collapsing and it's just it's <laughs> so repetitive. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I yeah. mean, but not to sound, you know, like a broken record, but like Dawn of the Dead, there's there's a lot of like slow scenes where it's like one like one zombie that they're dealing with and yeah. you kind of see him up close like okay right. i can i can appreciate that more like hearing you say that you like, know to say like yeah. uh, like look at it for what it is instead of just being like hey here's a whole bunch of them Have yeah fun. like yeah. for example like maybe like in this scene like they run into one zombie and it's hell and it makes you wonder like holy shit what would it be like to run into a hundred of these guys yeah Damn. but you don't see that Damn. you see what it, I'm it just keeps your mind because that's keeps, the scariest thing yeah right? make it make it more like like as an audience, you're like, you're kind of like creating your own stories. Like, wow, like what would this be like if like I did go into the city and there were hundreds of these things? Cause this thing's fucking scary and there's only one of them. 
Okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's that's a really good way to look at it. Yeah. It's like a refreshing way to look at yeah. it, I feel. Kind of kind of like a, almost like a what's the movie that John Krasinski did with Emily Blunt? Um Quiet oh, Place. Quiet, Quiet Place. Like that. They're dealing with like one or two creatures. Yes. One or two until like that the one, very that end. One even, at that, point. that one even still gets a little actiony. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but like he but gets like the gun and stuff. Yeah. He's like they're coming. But that 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 like I watched that and I was tense the yeah, whole the movie. Tension, it was very the tension. Yeah. There was a lot of tension. Yeah, yeah. great movie. <laughs> I really could just do movie. without the whole like we learned how to kill them, pull the shotgun, like they're coming, yeah. like let's go fuck them up. <laughs> you know, like the whole hero thing. Like yeah. I get it, but well, I mean, we'll find out what happens in the quiet place too. Coming soon. Has there? Oh, go ahead, Chris. Sorry. I feel like zombie movies like are kind of like their own subsection kind of away from horror movies because the appeal is different. It's like about like the apocalypse and also very action driven, like you said. And I think you're definitely right. Like an older movie, like step out of that night of the living dead. It's like, yeah, it's about zombies, but like you still see like a drama going on with the characters and it makes it more intimate and unsettling. Yeah. Yeah. That movie is fucking awesome. They had a black main character oh, okay. during the civil rights movement yeah, too. That was fucking epic. Okay, so I want to I want to clarify this with you because I watched Night of the Living Dead, the original movie, mm-hmm. and then my recollection of the movie is that at the end of the movie he gets shot and killed by some random people. Right? Is that what happened? Yes. So because because I had an argument, somebody was telling me like, no, he doesn't die. But I'm like, yeah, he does. No, die. He, he gets killed. He gets shot. He he, which is so messed up. Right. And it's almost like, did they know he was a zombie or did they just not care because he was black? Yeah, like they could be bastards. Right, exactly. And that's that's the social commentary aspect of that film was that. Yeah, because he was, George Romero was saying like when he was in the car, like going to set, like they had just heard on the radio, like MLK had been shot. Yeah. Like it was right, like they were getting ready to go film for like the first time and he was like, holy crap, Martin Luther King was just shot and killed, like. So that, yeah. that gives you like a, an aspect of the time frame of when that movie was was being filmed and produced and everything. It's crazy. Way ahead of its time. Way ahead of its time. I'm so disappointed because George Romero ended up making a, quite a few bad fucking movies. <laughs> <laughs> Land of the Dead. I liked the first uh, Night of the Living mm-hmm. Dead, Dawn of the Dead, mm-hmm. and Day of the Dead. I also Great. liked Land of the Dead. Yeah. It wasn't as good as the first three, but I liked land of the dead. Right. But everything after that, just diarrhea, like terrible. Right. Like he needs, like I'm disappointed. He needs to stop. He invented this whole thing, but he yeah. needs to stop. What was, what was after that? It was diary of the dead. It's like diary of the dead, survival of the dead. Something I like that. Seen the, I think I have, that. I think I have one. I thought diary of the dead was somebody else. Cause I have diary one. Cause I had, <laughs> Ooh. I have, I have, I believe it's diary of the dead. I have it. And I watched it and it was like, a no, really weird like British one and they were like I, I want to say there's another movie of the same title okay so then maybe that's the one I have Yeah, because I remember he took a break for a while and it was a big deal because he was coming back and he was doing a, another zombie film and everyone was like and, yeah and then they were like yeah. oh I remember I was super excited for it and like at the time it came out I don't know how I managed to do it but I watched it on YouTube you can watch there's plenty of movies on YouTube <laughs> now but that was like back, a while ago when YouTube was a little more strict. I feel like they're more strict now. I remember watching Tenacious D for the first time on YouTube like really? years ago. I want to say almost like 10 years ago. Huh. Yeah, like there's plenty of movies on YouTube, but yeah, I I feel like he like he's like the either you 
You die the hero. Pay for movies. (laughs) Either you die the hero, you live long enough to be the villain. In this case, just like either you die, like, oh, here's all these great movies I did. He's like, hey, I did really great movies, but look at these other movies I did. Yeah, that just man, he he. I mean, I think he's done now. Don't quote me on that. (laughs) After those, well, well, he's dead. So, oh yeah. Oh yeah! Oh, dude, see, so many people, have, so many people have died in the last few years, like famous people in movies. Who's next, Stan Lee? <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, like I barely remember that happening. So yes, I guess he is done. Yeah. Nah, they're gonna they're gonna scrape something on, but look at what he did. He had this. In- he had this hidden script. <laughs> we're gonna do it, but we're gonna rewrite it completely. But it's still him, guys. Wait, when promise. did he pass? Last year or the year before? Two, I want to say it was maybe 2017, honestly. I think so. I think it was a few years ago. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, he's done. Rip. Rip, dude. So he did die. <laughs> the wow. <laughs> it got dark for a minute. It got real dark for a minute. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like I like the way Dawn of the Dead zombies look like the remake because like it's just, like and when I watch and I, I realized it when watching like the behind the scenes like the I forgot his name but the makeup artist who did it all he was like yeah I'd just leave like chunks hanging off and they're like one of the one of the ladies like that was helping was like are we gonna cut that he's like no just just leave it on there it looks cooler if he just has like just like I li- I think they literally use like beef jerky you know what else I maybe I'm stupid and there's something I'm not understanding about zombie films but uh. When they run out of people to eat, why don't they ever start eating each other for survival? Like do- like dominance. Uh, there's oh. there's some like right. Damn man, there's some games that do <laughs> that. Not games, but not not yeah, movies. not mo- not movies. Like 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 oh shit, this one's scary. Like this one's eating other ones. This one's dominant. Like he don't even care about me. If another zombie runs by, he might start eating that. Well, I believe with with Dawn of the Dead, I think it was. There was somewhere in the plot or like it was they like smell the living or something like that. Well, it was like it was like basically eventually they just didn't have any nutrients for their body and their body just gave up on them. It was something mm. like that. But yeah, I mean, yeah. Why don't they have like They're still technically flesh? Yeah. Right. So <laughs> flesh is flesh. It's yeah. Like, I think it's like Giga zombie just eating other zombies. <laughs> very briefly in The Walking Dead, they had a cannibal plot line. Like these people welcome them in, like they like their old like town mm-hmm. had been destroyed, and they're just traveling, and there's this new community, and they're like, oh yeah, come in, we have uh, supplies and amenities, and you could be our friends, and then like the people from their group start disappearing, and then they they basically uncover like a cannibal plot. So but I just that's all I've really seen. I've just thought I just thought of this. It's not a movie; it's a game. But a perfect example of how zombie I could see zombies being done in a movie is the clickers in The Last of Us. I like that depiction. When you run into a clicker, it's like I need. I don't want to engage. I want to. What I want to run. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I want to run. Yeah. I, yeah. No, I in like movies, the, we like don't we don't see that. We don't see that. No. Maybe maybe that's what we need. Maybe I should just make a zombie film with like, hey, they they stopped having humans, so they ate them. Here you go. <laughs> they yeah. had they had stopped having uninfected people, so they well, they started eating each other. Well, maybe we will see that because that's being made into a, a series on us? HBO. Yeah. But it's, it's going to be a series, not a movie. Even so there's going to be. I'm not hopeful that it'll be. Yeah. That's no, all what? I can say. Yes. Just don't don't get don't get too hyped because then you're going to be let down. The going into that goes into like politics of like the next game and leaks and all this other crazy stuff that's kind of unrelated. I honestly think The Last of Us should just be a video game. 
I do too. It's good. It's a great video game. It doesn't need to be a movie. The same way I don't think as badass as a God of War movie would be. It's a video game. Just leave it as a video game. That's pretty much always my philosophy. It's yeah. like they don't need to do that. The same way you like whenever they take a classic and they try to remake it see in a movie, that it always ends up that being trash. is making me real mad with disney right now because like you guys want us to remake this like no just write something new yeah like look at just coco. leave the stuff that's good oh coco's like so good. coco they they entered they made coco and it was like a great movie and it was like see what happens when you don't just remake something and you, you come up with something yeah, disney back at making me cry again yep i cried in theaters on that it was a good one that was, it was a, really it was good. a good one but that yeah really I, I i think that's a big problem today is we see so many like remakes and so many people were like what if we take all these actors and remake them into these characters like no those characters were good because of the actors that played them don't try to right. force yeah. another actor to take on the mannerisms of the previous actor in that character like just leave it for what it is just you know we Even don't have the to remake time everything. it was made it kind of gives it yeah a feel yeah it's like nostalgic it's like it that's why i go back and watch those movies it's because it's 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 a nice feeling but yeah, I feel like today, like, oh, let's remake Ghostbusters with like a whole like different where, cast. Like, it didn't need to be done. Where does that come out from? I don't even think there's not like a plethora of people asking for it. But I don't think anybody's asking no, for nobody's it. Nobody's asking for it. I think it. they're just like, hey, this movie made a lot of fucking money. Let's. Exactly. And they're like, yeah. we don't have any ideas. So let's just remake an old movie and we'll just throw it out yeah. there. Which kind of sucks because, I mean, you think about it. Think about how many independent people are out there that write amazing scripts for amazing films that don't even get a second look at or I mean, just go straight to youtube and right. 300 people watch it right i even heard that a lot of movie production companies they'll buy like screenplays right off of other oh, sites of people i'm pretty yeah. there's like sites where you can upload your scripts and then somebody forget buy what it's it. called there's a name for it and they'll even they'll, they'll just buy them up like with, just on the notion that we might use it and we don't yeah. want the other production just to have the rights to, have to it, it or whatever yeah and then you know it just sits let's make live action bambi or like yeah. whatever the next thing is <laughs> live action <God>. bambi <laughs> I don't, oh no Mama! i don't think PETA would let that happen <laughs> oh my god the yeah. animals are too realistic <laughs> yeah and then like live action is a like the aladdin movie the live action aladdin movie i was like dude kenny ortega wants his movie back man just give high school the, musical their movie back the live action lion king that's not actually live action it's just cgi yeah, it's just cgi yeah. and like they had more emotion form of animation yeah. they had more emotion in the drawings than they did in the actual like cgi yeah. but beyonce's in like if you wanted to make a a, a cgi version that still looked cartoony cool but yeah the fact that they went 100 percent like real lions and real animals it just doesn't it work. do anything for no. me either. And then like mm -hmm. I haven't watched it. I I don't I don't know. I'm scared to. I just don't want to lose that nostalgic feeling that Honestly, I wouldn't. Like it's it's I'm very like cynical and like like kind of like dark with all this, but I'm like I I hate it. Like just come up with something new. I've seen that movie before. I don't need to see yeah. it again and pay just as much as I would for an original film. You know, like Onward. I went and saw Onward in theaters. I thought it was great. That was a great movie. Dang. That was that the last movie you saw before the uh, before the <laughs> pandemic? Yeah, I, that's yep. That's the last movie I went and Dang. saw in theaters. Yeah. That, but I don't I don't go to the theaters very often. I usually wait for something to come. Like I think that's the movies like uh, like Avengers, for example, I would go see that. In theaters. Oh, absolutely. Like, like I see, I didn't too. see those until yeah. those came out. Really? Uh, because just the experience of the crowd all like seeing yeah. for the see, first time. It's cool, but like, so the last movie I went to go see before Onward in theaters was Black Panther, and I just, there's too many people. 
Yeah. And like I sat in the front, so I was like, like, so yeah, this? to me, that's a part of the experience. I love like, yeah, I'm going I to like see this next theater. big movie and there's people and I have to wait in line. And sure, like there's a whole thing about that. And it's cool that like people can like share that. Like that's, yeah. that's absolutely cool. But like for me, it's just like, I like sitting on my couch, watching my movie, not paying $400 for popcorn. Yeah, that's fair. Eat some I, hot Cheetos and shit. I agree that on a regular day, just going to see a movie, I don't like, I don't want that crowd. Right. You know, like they're like, like all these people like, ah, oh, you know, they might be loud or, but I will say with some of these Marvel movies, it has been special. You want, I want the crowd because everybody wants to see what happens. Really? It was with infinity war and end game though. Yeah. And you know, like captain Marvel got hype and black Panther and some of the other ones, um, definitely the new Spider-Man's, but it, it was special because like, nobody's gonna like be disrespectful or be loud because they want to see that shit just as much as you do like right. we're all waiting you'd here you'd be surprised there's a, there's a notorious <laughs> vine or even of, like the dark knight rises like i went to see that oh, those are good though but like oh, yeah. i like that even interstellar there was oh, a line for interstellar. such a good movie like any, just, movie with, any movie with hans zimmer is already gonna yeah. be good like hans zimmer's the greatest film score like, of all time you, you know uh <laughs> you know what other movie he did what lion king Oh, I know. I know. The OG one. I that's know. why it's. That's I why we need to remake it. I just it. feel like you go to a movie theater, like you're going to a public place with. It's a theater. Like me personally, like even if it's not, um, like Avengers or some superhero movie, I always want the crowd, because I feel like that help that helps build the film. Like you're sitting there watching a film with tons of other people, and you're getting reactions out of them. You know, it's it's a moment you share yeah. with everybody. It's an experience. Yeah, you're not going to get that again. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. like in Avengers Endgame, when Mjolnir goes to goes to Captain America, oh, oh, I, 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 I still remember the every the time video of I everybody like oh! everyone freaks out. Like I'm, yeah. getting, I literally just got goosebumps now just thinking about. I it. I rewatch it on YouTube and I get goosebumps. Yeah, yeah. it's I honestly that's one of my favorite cinematic moments well, of all so time. Well, it's so well done though. It's just so the it's, build up. How many years it took just to and then the Avengers assemble. Oh yeah, man. Yeah. So good, but Christian, going back to your how people aren't going to be mean. There's a vine of a dude at when when uh, the Force Awakens opened. Like, Uh-oh. there's a, there's a dude and like he's filming in the theater, and you just hear somebody go, "Turn your flash off, you moron!" <laughs> yeah, and then the opening sequence starts. There's a dude like recording with his like flash on in the middle of the theater, like right before the film starts. So like, I mean. Granted, yeah, probably most people are going to be like or that is, Star oh, Wars. Uh, people are going to. There was a dude angry. snoring next to me though during Black Panther though. You should have smacked him. Um, <laughs> I don't think you were. Were you with me and Bodhi when we went to um, Infinity War? With, yeah, I was with you guys with uh, with all the film. Well, you know yeah. me, film kids. Um, was it that one or was it Endgame? It was either that one. I don't know. Maybe you know. I went and watched it opening night. Ooh. And they had their volume in the theater way too low. You couldn't even hear the dialogue. Oh, and they no. never fixed That's it. That's bad. So, I mean, That's there bad. are cons to it. Like, you could get, like, something like that where it's like, I'm about to watch this whole movie for the first time and I can't even hear it. <sighs> See, like that, yeah. you should just, like, be a Karen for a minute. And you're like, oh, excuse yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> but was that, the, was that when you mm, went? No, no I, I think, think that so. was Endgame then. That might have been Endgame. But then I went and saw it a second time and it was just as fun because it was still packed. Yeah, I saw that movie four times in theaters. Yeah. yeah, see, I've never gone twice to see a movie in theaters. No? I saw The Force Awakens seven times. <laughs> I saw The Dark Knight Rises <laughs> wow. three times. Yeah, yeah, I saw I saw Force Awakens once. I saw it Christmas Day. Uh huh. 
And I was like, this is a good movie. It's cool. I went and, I went and like, That's had to I go. saw it too. was on Christmas. Yeah, yeah, it was good. I think I saw it Christmas and then I saw, I saw it with you. Yeah, I saw it Christmas, Christmas and then every day afterwards. <laughs> yeah, I saw it Christmas. I think Christmas Day was like my fifth viewing. And then I saw it two more <laughs> times after that. Like with you and I, I went with like my dad and like random friends who hadn't seen it yet. I just went as many times as I could. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I, f- I feel like the theater is... Is starting to get like a meaning come back to it because for a while there people were just like eh, there's nothing really to go watch and now it's like oh you have all these huge cinematic like masterpieces that you want to go share like like you just said you want to go share it with every anybody and everybody like let's right. just go watch this movie it's so good right yeah like like there's some movies that like we grew up and we never were able to catch them in the theaters because we were obviously too young to be able to go see them we broke <laughs> right just imagine being able to see like like The Shining oh my in god theaters. oh man. I saw it in theaters. I mean, they re-released it not too long ago, but uh, so now. <laughs> I remember seeing most of the Harry Potters in theaters, and oh, those yeah, were those really were cool. cool. I remember when 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 Dumbledore died. This dude was like, "Man, that's just whack!" Like after the movie <laughs> ended, <laughs> <laughs> like he just stood up and he was like, "He's like, this movie's fucking whack, dog." I was like, "What?" It, like what? the biggest thing is just uh, spoilers. People coming out of the theater yeah, yeah. while you're in line. Oh yeah, I feel like I feel like you have a moral obligation to not be. But an there's asshole. always that one person. That comes out of the theater and they say something. Man, I can't believe Kylo Ren just killed Han Solo like that. <laughs> what the hell? P- people were beating people up for doing spoilers at the movie. There was a theaters. there was a dude who like beat a dude like almost to death for spoiling like uh Infinity. It was Endgame. Spoiling Endgame for me. Beat the fuck crap. out of him in the theater. It's like don't don't ruin that for people. Yeah, that like, sucks. Like, spoilers like, suck. Yeah, it's like you have a moral obligation to just just be a good person and just be like. Wow, in a week or two, like then I'll start because like or just talk when you get in your car. Yeah, like that, or like if you absolutely have to post it, like um to to name our friends uh, the Magic Hourway podcast, they always have like, hey, we just watched this new movie that came out. We're gonna have like fifteen minutes that are spoiler free, and then you should stop here because then we're going to talk about. But they warn you; they don't just go, oh my god, onward. Like, guess what, Chris Pratt? Like, <laughs> no, they 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 warn you beforehand. Like right. we did that. We did that uh, with last week's episode with the the Rise of Skywalker. We're like, look, if you haven't seen this yet, like, just don't don't listen, like, because right. we're gonna not hold back on this. But I feel like, I mean, if you want to watch a recap of every Star Wars movie ever, just watch it. <laughs> I can say that I was not impressed. I think that was the first time I never I didn't watch a Star Wars movie. In well, you never Same. watched Solo, right? Or huh? did you watch Solo? Not even. I also didn't. I, I didn't watch I turned, Solo. I think one night I was going to bed and I want, needed something to be on the TV and I just put it on and I went to bed. That's great. Solo's great. Just his background I music. I, See, background I love Rogue song. One. Rogue One was... Rogue One is amazing. Rogue One I like, yeah. I'm just really sad that we got the really good character development just for them to just be, you know, killed off. I mean, I get it because... I we, thought that was the coolest aspect of it was that... Me too. It was like, like seamless right. with a new hope. I just right. don't get the idea of... Hey, let's make a Han Solo movie with new actor when we had Han Solo when he was young. Yeah. Well, they didn't. They it's didn't like have the we know what Han Solo looks like young. Like yeah, it but totally. Now we got Kira, and now we got. I feel like it just it, it takes me out of it. I don't. I know it's a it's a movie. Hans, or uh, Harrison Ford's made. Like, oh, fuck you! I don't want to be in movies anymore. Just throw him in there. Just throw him in there. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Like going from an old Obi Wan to a young Obi Wan. That's fine. Like I can believe Especially that Ewan McGregor that looks sense. like him, yeah. but and going even from a young Han Solo to a young Han Solo, it's like no, we've seen what ha- young Han Solo looks like. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Like especially because to everybody, Harrison Ford is Han he Solo. is Han Solo. Yeah, 
It's not like a comic book character where it's like no. it could be anybody. Yeah, like Spider-Man or Han Solo. Yeah. Even though Tobey Maguire is Spider-Man. But. It's like we've seen him. We know what he looks like when he's 20 years old. You know what I mean? Or whatever it is. Right. It's just a little off-putting. That's what I felt too, but I did hear it was good. It's a good I haven't heard it's a bad. I've I've heard from some people. Fran, Franny was yelling at me yesterday because I was like, <laughs> I have a I have a, a coworker who when was like, mo- I didn't like it. When did that movie come out? After which one? Solo. That one came out after so, the Last Jedi, and that's why yeah. I did. That's, that's why, why I, got I did bad. bad I was going to say because they were already like, had like already a team everyone, everyone was mad about Last yeah. Jedi, which I don't really like. The Last Jedi. It's my least favorite out of out of the, the new trilogy, but I mean, I have a I have appreciation and a respect for it, but that's because I ride Star Wars and yeah. Disney's dick. I just think they got <laughs> they got on the hype train. They made way too many Star Wars. They needed to chill out. It should have it should have I been agree. more planned out. Definitely, I think I Double think they should have stuck with one director to make the trilogy. Yes, yes. I think JJ yes. Abrams did that's a pretty good job. All those three things you just said is exactly what we, <laughs> we, we literally said this last week in our episode yesterday. It should have been planned three movies, should have been one director, one vision. Right. And and we also said that they probably made too many than was it was a good idea it, overall with Star right. Wars movies. Well, you have all most of the people that are working on these are all working on every single one and they're working on a new one every single year, basically. And I mean, they're stretched thin. Yeah. You know? You're going to get some, you know, just some uh, some duds, some duds. Yeah. <laughs> I I personally feel they should have just left it at one through six. I I think it was fine how it was. And if it felt like they just like, I think you said this, they just kind of like defaced like, uh, you know. Well, they're trying Anakin's. to they're trying to build seven, eight, nine, trying to build to a new generation, right? Right. Why didn't they just make a brand new trilogy for a new generation? Well, they're doing that. Just Aren't keep- they going to do like the the old Republic now? They're doing the, it's the high Republic. Yeah, but they it's didn't need the to make Republic. seven, eight, and nine to get there. That is true. They could have just. It's like hey, just leave one through Star six. Wars. This is like this is Star Wars, but not that Star Wars. Just leave Wars. one through six for all the old people that like like look at, it look at the Mandalorian. It doesn't even have like the opening theme from the Star so Wars movies. Good. And yeah. I think it's, I honestly like that way better than any of the the, the new. I films only watched that come out. two episodes of that. I liked Whoa, it. But you gotta finish it. It's such a good <laughs> show. Finish it. Yeah. It's a good it's show. A really good show. Yeah. I mean, the plot points are really like, well, duh. Yeah, but, but it's, it's it's good. Like. In in my opinion, I feel like good Star Wars is Star Wars that is made for kids, and we watched it while well, we were kids, uh, and that's why we love it so George much. George Lucas even say it's it's for, for kids. kids. Yeah, it's for kids. So because that's reason, money, right? So the reason that the Mandalorian works so well is because it's made specifically for kids. I yeah. mean, if you watch it, it's it's really straightforward. All the plot yeah, points and everything. I was really hoping we'd get a R rated Star Wars at some point, but that's not going to happen now. I feel like not with, with Disney. Disney. No, no, they're gonna try imagine to imagine an R-rated Star Wars. That'd be awesome. I mean, Mandalorian gets pretty dark. And I mean, oh, I'm trying to see like gore, like like rated R story. Rated I mean, R- I felt like I felt like want to hear about some death sticks, some death, some death stick dealers. I want to think about my life. Uh, I feel like Rise of Skywalker had some like dark action, like in it compared to like the original trilogy like oh just a light beam every when they kill fall they like pan away and you don't see it happen that type of stuff and then like rogue one rogue one was that, that was brutal rogue that one was, was the closest thing yeah, to like was, a ground like a war movie like almost. a gritty yeah yeah, yeah i got some like saving private ryan like opening like d-day scenes yeah. from that i was like oh my god this is great when they were when they were talking about it at uh at star wars celebration 
think it was the one in in Europe. I didn't get to go and see it in person, but I was I watched the live stream of it. They're like, this is gonna be like Saving Private Ryan, but Star Wars. Everyone was like, what? What does that mean? And yeah, there was a like, leaked. Whoa! Wasn't there a leaked trailer at? Um, Star Wars Celebration before, yeah, yeah, yeah. And before it was they did even a darker, and they, I think they dumbed it down even more. It was it actually even darker. Yeah, it was like it was just rebel troopers that, screaming, just like no, ah, it was like terrifying. Yeah, it was scary. It well, was, it was mean, like alien. Oh, that's another point. You say that the scene from Avengers is the best scene in cinematic history. Uh-huh. I might, I might say that in comparison to that, the Darth Vader scene in Rogue One that's is pretty there. epic. That's he. It's funny. It has I've, the I've same, seen it. Fi- same it vibe to it. It does. It does. Yeah. yeah. I, I I saw a post. I think it was like a Tumblr post, and somebody was like, "Man, we already knew like Anakin was dramatic. That's real dramatic. Cause he had to like turn off his life support to not have any right. lights on. Just yeah. yeah, just for the illusion. Like ah, look at this but that's lightsaber. Film. You know, that's like, film. But it's also Anakin. Anakin's yeah. just dramatic. dramatic. <laughs> but uh, but that like, was that was a sick scene though. I was watching it. and I was like, "Whoa, what is going on?" It's like this a perfect great. example of like seeing seeing uh a Sith or a Jedi in that aspect. Cause you always see him. You never see him in that light. And then the same thing, like with the zombies, like some seeing them on screen in a completely different way than you've seen it before. Like you've never seen a Sith That's like legit. Like you're in the soldier's point of view and it's terrifying. Yeah. Like I think that's what really nailed it. Like imagine like how- a movie where Jedi's are scary like that. Like when a Jedi comes on the battlefield, you're like, we need a backup cause shit's going down. <laughs> Like, we can't. This ain't our fight anymore. Well, they tried that, but the Separatists are a little, uh, yeah. a little dumb. <laughs> Keep firing! <laughs> oh, I see your reference towards Clone Wars. <laughs> I know exactly which episode you're talking about. <laughs> um, we yeah. got a plan. <laughs> got a plan, all right. I think Rogue One was really great, though, because, like, like even the plot point was really dark. Like, hey, we're probably not going to come back from this, so... Yeah. Uh, Thanks, guys. I feel like the 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 whole movie was supposed to be that dark, but then it got chopped up and lighter. I feel like the whole movie is supposed to be like that Darth Vader scene, just dark. Even like with Rise of Skywalker, the scene where Ray thinks she kills Chewie, like that was like mm. that scene alone. I was like, that's pretty dark for a Star Wars movie to think you just killed off Chewie. Right. When I was uh, I, so I went, I go to opening nights of of every Star Wars film. Um, so when I was there, um. <laughs> As soon as that scene happened, this dude got up, stomped out of the movie theater, and then his mom chased out after him, telling him to come back, come back. <laughs> it was pretty funny. It was pretty funny. But I just remember seeing that, and I, I actually was like, they killed Chewie? I, I think literally when, when that scene happened, I was like, that bitch. <laughs> I was like, really? Like, you gotta just like, I'm ready. Hey, that's a plot. That's a, a plot. What's the what twist? No, no, not plot twist. Plot hole. There we go. Oh. That's a plot hole. Where'd that other ship come from? That well, Chewie was well if you look at that when they're loading them in, there's another ship there. Oh, there is. Yeah, the stars have a lot of plot holes. Yeah. Let's not <laughs> talk. I'm sorry. Let's not talk. We about love it. you, Star Wars. Please. No, no more Star Wars. <laughs> no, no more Star Wars, please. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that's a great example of like maybe that's how zombie movies should be. Is like show them in a light you don't see them. Yeah. You know maybe. You know, it's been shown in other media, but maybe if you show like somebody like in the process of turning, they kind of did it with with Dawn of the Dead with that one guy who they were like watching oh, the yeah, whole time, that. and like the guy's wife who was pregnant and then gives birth to like a zombie movie. That was wild. That was crazy. That was crazy. Or maybe you know, a zombie movie that's so far into the future where like it's been so long that any zombie you see is so decayed doesn't even look like a human. 
I feel like Walking Dead kind of does that. Though, kind right? of, yeah. yeah. They, they have them they have just, like mushroom zombies. Some, yeah, they like melt into like the mud. They're just like it's just a puddle, and they're like, Rah! yeah. <laughs> I like the designs of their zombies. No, like, their they zombies really, look awesome. They really do unique stuff. Like the ones that are like the chomper zombies, where it's like yeah. all teeth, no yeah. lips. Yeah, there's yeah. no yeah. lips. Or, I love or skin that. Like, like if if you're rotting, what's the first thing to fall off is like your fatty parts. I mean, your you're lip is. Yeah, we're just sacks of meat, dude. <laughs> this meat coffin that we're in, <laughs> this gungan. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel like it, maybe if you showed that, like somebody, like, like that's the whole story, just them turning and like their thoughts about it, and like maybe somebody explores what that's like because we just yeah. know, oh, I'm human zombie. Like, there's no like, oh, my thoughts all of a sudden started drifting or like, like I know there's some games or movies where they like talk about like oh some of them they're not maybe not entirely zombies but they're still conscious of what they're doing but they have no control over their body like yeah so like it- <laughs> <laughs> i forgot about that um so maybe if they did like something like that like they explored like you know what happens to your mind and like like the, the mental- i just think a zombie movie that's more survival not survival action adventure okay just the survival aspect of it okay with so- a little bit of an eerie creepy vibe going on Okay, so something that's just straight up like we're not here to just go in a guns out blazing. It's yeah. more of like, like we're we're like, sitting here hiding in this like like behind this cover and they're passing by and that's all we can do. Yeah. Or like like all all like like we don't have an arsenal of weapons. Right. Exactly. Like I might have a pistol with four bullets left. Like what's right. that, what's that uh the road? Oh, the road. Oh, yeah. I was trying yeah, to think he of the has, name. What, two bullets, one for him, one for his kids. Like the last like thing you want to do is go into the city because that's where the most stuff is going to go down. You yeah. see what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's like, we got to stay out here because like you're trying to survive maybe out in the woods. Like you're trying to be away from it all. And then you can like in that movie, you also see like, like how dark people can be. Like when he sees that guy and he makes him strip and like, yeah, like zombies aren't even, all, kid, aren't like, even the biggest like, threat, you, you know? Yeah. Like literally you got to be careful of the other people because yeah. you don't know what they'll pull on you. Right. I feel like that's where kind of walking dead went yeah. towards the end. They went more yeah. like, Hey, the zombies are here and yeah, they'll kill you. But like that dude over there, like, but it's just keep it interesting. So they're like always adding and like making it more over the top. And like, yeah, you're saying like the mushroom or like this. The, what's that one? The, the, the sewer zombie? The, 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 the well zombie? The well yeah. Zombie. Oh, yeah. 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 Anything to change it up and make it fresh, you know? Yeah, that, was, that was gross. That was gross, yeah. but cool. Like, that was like, that's like something that would really that. happen. Like, yeah. you think about it, like, you got to actually like purify your water because you don't know, like, oh, yeah. What's there was one that, yeah, there's one that, like, there's a zombie that fell into like the sewer, like the water line. Oh yeah, I just drank it. Now I'm turning. Isn't that what like cabin fever was? Like they had like a tainted water There's, source. Like yeah. a yeah. Horror yeah. movies are great. <laughs> well, guys, we we really appreciate you you coming on and and spilling the details with us. Uh, we we you know we always we always have these like special feature on DVDs, but like until you get the DVD and like I feel like there's like no more DVDs anymore. Like yeah, yeah. they still make them, but people don't buy them. Right. So I feel like this is like I don't want to say. A, a dying media because it's not at all because you saw blu-rays killed special features on dvds little has it really? i know yeah i saw like a cool video essay about it how when because like i remember as a kid putting like in a nightmare on elm street dvd and there was like a trivia mini game on the dvd menu and all kinds of crazy stuff and then now you just get the movie now with the blu-ray it's just like a here's your play button scene selection yeah and that's all you get bullcrap <laughs> I know uh, the new the newest Mad Max has a black and white one. I don't know if that's a feature that's on the. That's kind of cool though. Yeah, <laughs> that's dope. 
But I know what you're talking about like older movies. They always had like a an abundance of like things to like, or like behind the scenes, behind the scenes yeah. bonus features, all kinds of cool ass stuff. The bonus scenes. Yep. Well, do you guys have any, you know, social media or, you know, YouTube channels or anything that, that people can follow you at and see what you guys are doing? We usually post most of our stuff on Instagram. Yeah. You want to say your handle first? Yeah. Um, so my handle is at Franny Marujo FX. That's F-R-A-N-N-Y-M-A-R-R-U-J-O-F-X. And I post every single project that I'm working on, unless we're under NDA, but... No, 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 <laughs> well, of course right and you, you can't <laughs> yeah yeah um but yeah we post a lot of stuff on there usually to my story as well but yeah yeah i have uh instagram as well mine's austin then the letter j matthews with one t um and i also have a website it's the same name austinjmatthews.com i post most of my work there um some makeup videos and then pictures of sculpts and makeups but uh my instagram also has some work on it i've just now started to post more on my Instagram. So keep a lookout for that. Well, cool. Once again, thank you guys for coming on. Uh, for those listening at home, if you have anything you you wish maybe to ask them later, we can bring them back on. Or if you have any you know, complaints like you hate us for saying something, uh, you can get to us at lukewarmcinemapodcast at gmail.com. We're also on Facebook at the Lukewarm Cinema Podcast. And we'll see you guys next week. Peace.